0: good morning quitters how are we doing it's another episode of don't quit your day job you're sick of me by now my name is maxim allen comedian podcaster tiny photographer you get it today uh, is august 5th 2021 tomorrow i leave for michigan i go to uh i'm going to my grandpa's 90th birthday and then i'm going to lake michigan so that will be a lot of fun And as a result, I'm recording a little bit earlier than I usually do. You guys know I record like a day or two before release. Um, But today, uh, I got to get one in the chamber before I leave. And uh, I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, He is one of the uh, best-dressed male comedians in New York City um he hates the podcast and he's a terrorist everyone please welcome Chase Shanahan I am, I'm literally wearing a t-shirt and <laughs> painter's pants today that's like this, this is like one of the most casual outfits I think it's I've true seen yeah you <laughs> this is very ca- this is a big change for me I'm very uncomfortable right now <laughs> you're like I don't have my peacoat I'm sweating I do not have my peacoat right now I sweat without my peacoat <laughs> thanks for having me yeah no problem i'm glad you could come i know you've listened to a couple episodes of this i
1: have yeah i have a lot of free time at work yeah it's
0: good (laughs) it's really easy listening you got a lot of free time when you're uh done with like real professional podcasts and you're moving to local comedian podcasts (laughs) (laughs) after i get done with my last podcast on the left I yeah. have to like plug a couple of local guys in there, <laughs> fill up the time. You know, it's just like uh, it's just like booking a show. You know, you get someone with a credit, and then you got to get a few people you know, It's <laughs> very them true. love. You know the algorithm. You got yeah. it exactly. And uh, <laughs> oh, the, the the part of the algorithm is no matter what you do, you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Chase, uh, for the listeners, before we get into this, I'm so bad at this. What are your plugs? Where can people find you?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Shehanigans. S H A H A N a-G-A-N-S. Shahanigans, <laughs> I think. I don't even know how to spell it. Shahanigans.
0: Can you please use it in a sentence? <laughs> can you please tell me the origin of Shahanigans? Well, either way, I'm going to put it in the episode description so you guys can find it. No, you have to rewind and listen <laughs> to me spell it. <laughs> and be like, what the fuck is this? Hit that 10 seconds back thing. <laughs> a bunch.
1: That's me every time I tell people my last name. They're like, can you please go back and say that again? But yeah, that's my Twitter, my Instagram, and I'm a notary public in the state of New York. So if you need
0: anything that's notarized, give me a call. I didn't know you were a notary. I am. This is a new development. last two months. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought you were like a legal assistant.
1: (laughs) No, it all comes with the territory, my friend.
0: All comes with had to take a test and everything. Nice. Are you also like an inside trader, sports gambler, yeah, coke Yeah, no, that as well. Although that, that's part of the test
1: is that it's like in training day. They make you smoke PCP <laughs> and then they yell at you when you don't
0: do it. Hell yeah. That's what I like to imagine all those years at law school builds up to for someone. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking PC, PCP with the partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denzel gives the test. Amazing. Yeah. I just realized that there was Denzel in that movie. Training day. <laughs> And yeah. training day featuring <laughs> yeah. Denzel Washington. I've only seen it one time um, and it was like this year. So I just It's an like, incredible film. Yeah. I mean so- high anxiety. It was like watching Dinner for Schmucks without any punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I think of those, whenever I think of
1: Training Day, I'm like, you know what this is very similar to? Dinner for Schmucks. <laughs> It's like how Snowpiercer is the sequel to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory.
0: A wonderful conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. I was like, after like Snowpiercer had me on the edge of my seat, glued to my TV. Yeah. And then when I read that theory online, I was like, I feel like I should rewatch it now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> makes a lot of movie. sense, though. It makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, uh, and it's, what's scary is um, normally like climate catastrophe. Catastrophe movies are like Mad Max style, where everything's mm-hmm. dusty and hot. That movie is like you're in a fast box that you can't leave, and it's cold outside. A fast box. A fast box. Yeah, Mac-
1: Maxim doesn't know what a train is. <laughs> I know what a
0: train is? <laughs> <laughs> Maxim, every time he goes
1: to the subway, he's like, "What is this? Yo. <laughs> how long have these things been around? Am I in Snowpiercer right now? Excuse
0: me, is this the fast box to Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> is this the uptown fast box? Oh, <laughs> uh, every time I get the yeah, imagine uh, if the subways were actually separated by social class. And, <laughs>
1: sometimes it feels like they are totally sometimes it feels like they're because like sometimes you know people will be like no go don't go to that train there's a homeless guy in there oh so yeah then you get like the train that has all the homeless people and then the train that has like all the break dancers and then the train that with everybody and their dogs yeah and then there's always coincidentally the sleeper train where everybody's sleeping mm. it works itself out naturally i think
0: are you a train sleeper
1: i've tried it <laughs> I, live, I live at the end of the line so it'd be easy for me to which which
0: end the the n in a story oh okay gotcha so gotcha. it'd be easy
1: for me to do that mm-hmm. but like yeah i don't know i like sleeping on the train at night because everybody's asleep
0: that is true i just i feel i feel very anxious about it even though i'm always like someone's gonna fuck with me but also it's like a million times i've seen, seen someone sleeping on the train and no one fucks, Nobody fucks with them Yeah,
1: it's a weird thing people always whenever i tell people about sleeping on the train they're like isn't it crazy how you just wake up at your stop and that i have nothing to say about it it's just crazy <laughs> Like, you just have, like, a weird feeling whenever you, like, hit mm-hmm. your stop. It's like, all right. Because you see people sleeping, and then they hit their stop, and they are just pick up their briefcase and get off.
0: It's crazy. It's like, uh, it's like when you got a job interview or something, and you're like, you set your alarm for, like, 6 a.m., and then yes. your body just wakes up at, like, 5.50. Oh, dude. I always... I, do, you do, do you
1: turn off your alarm in your sleep?
0: Uh, yes. I do that so frequently. I have two alarms set on my phone, and then we set, like, a two alarms on the Google Same. Home probably didn't hear me um on the (laughs) (laughs) g-o-o-g-l-e and so it's like i have to have multiple multiple things to silence or uh pro tip if you have roommates for the listeners put your phone maximum alarm volume across the room so that you have to get up and silence it so you don't piss everyone off
1: yeah no i always get really anxious about that like what if i leave my alarm on snooze when i go take a shower
0: Mm. and it's just going off
1: for half an hour in my my house (laughs) Oh, i'll jump out the window no
0: that's a then you break the lease over that <laughs> <laughs> so i can't live with this guy <laughs> oh, all right so let's get into it chase you are a comedian here in new york city what was your uh first comedy exposure before you did it when did you get into comedy as a thing
1: um i'm trying to think like the first i remember when i was in high school I would always go on road trips, mm-hmm. and on my road trips, I would listen to like the Pandora station for stand-up comedy. Oh, same. just like the Louis C.K. station, it would play like Louis C.K., Marie mm-hmm. Bamford, like uh, Dave Chappelle, Patton Oswalt was a big yeah. one. So, like, I would just do that almost automatically when I would get in a car. I yeah, would just get in a car, and I would play the stand-up comedy station. It was kind of a usual thing for me.
0: Okay, so you just got into it in high school then, in terms of consuming comedy.
1: I watched SNL in middle school, but mm-hmm. not like consuming it. I would just gotcha. watch it on
0: TV when it came on. Okay, yeah. I feel like I I actually did the Pandora station thing too back yeah. when I was probably in, like middle school playing like World of Warcraft. I just put, yeah. <laughs> I just put the stand up uh, Pandora on. That's where I heard like lots of Patton Oswalt. Yeah, and I remember that's where I first heard like Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. She had like a an album that was like had a, like a yellow cover on it. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I don't know the name, but I remember I would always think it was so funny. Uh, I loved it. You're uh, a great comedy consumer. Great comedy. consumer. I don't remember consumer. the name of the
1: album, but it was funny.
0: <laughs> that was a good one, dude. I, since I started stand up, I had I could probably count on my hand how many specials I've watched.
1: Really? Yeah. I listen. I listen to specials more than I watch them, for sure. Okay. Like, I, I listen to comedy all the time.
0: That's that's more reasonable, I'd mm-hmm. say. I I think one thing I just when I started doing it, I remember like going to open mics in my first year of comedy, just like going home and was like am I going to come home after a mic every single night and just want to watch stand yeah, up? It's hard to
1: just like turn yeah. it on and sit after you watched like two hours of open mic comedy. It's kind of hard to come home and like sit down and watch <laughs> another hour and a half of like good comedy because you've yeah. just,
0: you just, you're into the cadence. You don't want to consume it anymore. You just mm-hmm. want to go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Or like, or watch something dumb where you don't have to have your full yeah, exactly. attention. Well,
1: that's what listening to. It's kind of nice. Cause you're just mm-hmm. walking around town. You're on the train, you're at work, you're doing whatever. And whenever I'm not listening to this podcast, I listen to, <laughs> I listen to stand-up comedy albums.
0: Do you have a favorite right now? And when you're listening to a lot lately? I was lately? listening to Bob Newhart today. Who's that? Bob, do you don't know who Bob no. Newhart is? He was
1: a comedian in like the 40s and the 50s. He was an Uh-oh. accountant and he got into comedy. Very big, like very big on The Tonight Show and all that shit. Mm. But he would do a lot of, not like bits, bits, but he would do things where he would play out conversations on stage. Like he was, okay. it's like the classic, it was before it was hack, of course. Right. But he would be like, Oh, you ever, you guys know about these admin on Madison Avenue? Well, here's what I think would be like if, fucking president lincoln went to an ad man about his gettysburg address mm. and then he would act out a whole like eight minute thing about it whoa and it's it's kind of whiplash li- listening to it now because it's just that after that after that on his albums yeah but i it's mean it's just, like
0: historical and it's a different thing right it's just totally different time period totally dude have you read the the book the comedians by any chance The com- by whom i don't know the author dude i just read <laughs> the first half of the book <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even read the whole
1: book you don't know the. i don't think you know
0: what this book is i don't know what stand-up is <laughs> no but it, it's pretty interesting i didn't get around to finishing it. i've got a copy here but it talks about like the um the evolution of comedy from mm. like you know like traveling showmen in like the old west and stuff yeah. through like the vaudeville days and then into that era yeah where it's like the 40s and 50s when like jokes had like, people didn't even write their own jokes. They mm-hmm. would just all share jokes and come up with it. And yeah, it was just who could tell it the best. And a
1: lot of it, it you'd see it in, like, Lenny Bruce, too. It's a lot of routines. Mm-hmm. They have, like, yeah. a whole routine. It's
0: like, oh, did you see Lenny do, like, that one fucking traveling salesman routine. It's mm-hmm. like no, I didn't see that. That's why my uh that's why the grandparents all always call it your little comedy skits. Yeah, your you little know? skits. Yeah, because yeah. that's
1: kind of what it is. And then I guess whenever you get to like I've been listening to Rodney Dangerfield too. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get into Dangerfield it becomes more and more just like one-liners. Like Red Fox too, like you just get into like here's a thing, this is why it's funny. Yeah.
0: And just back
1: to back to back.
0: I am I t- like I know th- like three or four one-liner comedians mm-hmm. like that like I'm friends with I'm so impressed. Me too, by the, Like When they do a full set, I'm mm-hmm. like, you, you just remembered like 10 minutes and those jokes are 20 seconds long Yeah, apiece.
1: It's so impressive and it's interesting to me how you can tie things together thematically that way. That's yeah. one thing that I always have trouble with is writing a lot of jokes on one topic, but one-liners almost lend themselves to that. Right. It's like, oh, I went to the store today. Have you guys ever been to a store where they do this? Joke, joke, joke. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen the cans like do this? Joke, joke, joke i don't yep. know it's very impressive to me uh, the way i described it just sound really stupid and boring but <laughs> all my jokes are about supermarkets <laughs> that's my album
0: chase grocery store shanning. yeah yeah yep.
1: that's my new instagram handle after this moment i'm changing it right now
0: <laughs> so you're you're listening to comedy in high school When do you kind of come around to thinking you can actively participate in comedy as a thing? Did you ever do improv or theater or anything like that?
1: I did theater in high school and we did a lot of improv. I never got fully into it because my improv at my high school was kind of lame, I thought. okay, Like it wasn't like a fully fledged theater program whenever I went there. Okay. They got better funding and stuff after I graduated. But during that time, it was just very small scale. Mm -hmm. And I got more into like the, the, what would you call it? Like the, the technical side of theater. Gotcha. And I wasn't acting as much and doing theater. So you're doing like lights and stuff? I was doing lights, man. Mm-hmm. I, I designed all the lights for my high school's production of Beauty and the Beast. Whoa, nice. That's my magnum opus <laughs> to this day. I'm using it as a
0: credit. <laughs> It's actually, it's a big one. That would, be a, that would be actually really funny to put Chase Shanahan, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> see, on, see that on a flyer. Beauty and the Beast, circa 2012. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like, yo, the one with
1: Emma Watson? I was like, like, no, the one with that girl from my high school. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did that. But at that time, I was trying to write jokes. Oh, like I would okay. watch Weekend Update, and then be like, "Fucking, I can do that." Yeah, and I would just like write jokes in my bedroom.
0: Interesting. Did so? Are you? Uh, are you like a religious SNL fan?
1: Not religious. I have like my favorite casts and all that. Okay. I used to be a huge fan of it okay. like back
0: when I was in high school, but now I mean, I watch it. So you were like. At the time, you're like watching every single episode and you're like, I'm going to try to write weekend update style jokes. Yeah,
1: for sure. Because, I mean, the weekend update style jokes, it's kind of like one liners. You find a mm-hmm. topic and you're like, OK, here's a news story. I'm going to write one line. Here's the punchline. OK. And I kind of dig that.
0: Did you do anything with the jokes or is
1: it just kind of for personal? No, I literally just put them in a folder and put them in a drawer. Do you have them still? I probably do somewhere. They're on... I I wrote them on a typewriter, which I don't know if this is embarrassing (laughs) or not,
2: but I I had a typewriter. I still have
1: a typewriter, but I would write them on a typewriter. Wow. I, uh... I, I love that because it's
0: it's I feel like that's so you you know who doesn't <laughs> women on dating apps yeah no way <laughs> no I uh, yeah knowing like you and your like like indie music taste yeah you telling me that you wrote those in a typewriter oh, like yeah. oh that fits oh, yeah it was they're on typewritten paper also I like I always like this light a candle in here just in case people like get bothered by like cat smell this one is called record store and I was like oh this is Chase Shanahan's candle oh
1: that's so cute I do
0: the record i i have a record player
1: and people always (laughs) joke about it and i'm like how do you know uh it, it,
0: wait till they find out about the typewriter.
1: Yeah, the typewriter. It's all. It's like dominoes. <laughs> you just keep doing that until you find like my eight millimeter camera in my closet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you do them all on a typewriter. And you just you just print them out and you put them in a folder. Did you did you keep them? Do you still have them anywhere?
1: I'm sure I do at my, like my parents' house, maybe in a folder somewhere. But I'm not sure what happened to them. I, there was all just like jokes about like the news in Arkansas, like Arkansas news stories. Now just write them in like the style of whatever Seth Meyers or something. Mm.
0: So this was weekend update, but for Arkansas. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because that was the news I knew, and that was the news story. Those were the news stories that I could find. Interesting. And I thought they'd be unique.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess that's a good point. I would, I would love to read what local Arkansas news was like in to- 2012. They were so. I, well, I do
1: remember one of them. One of them was like uh, a woman got arrested at a restaurant for drinking wine while pregnant. It was like a pregnant woman got arrested. <laughs> While drinking wine at a restaurant, and my punchline was like, "In her defense, the baby was having a long day," <laughs> or something like that's that. That's actually
0: really good. I wasn't all right. That's probably
1: <laughs> why I remembered it because it was the only decent one. That's like you could still, I you could say that on stage, and it would you you'd still get a laugh. I'm gonna start being a weekend update, just at stand-up, though, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Chase wants a job." <laughs> yeah, you just start with,
0: uh, "Did you guys hear? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? <laughs> you Guys hear about this one?" The problem with the I like. I feel like every once in a while, I write a good topical joke, Mm -hmm. and I gotta just immediately throw it away well that's the fun yeah. of them though
1: that's the fun is that you have kind of a revolving door of topical jokes yeah and you can like it shows that you're like listening and that you're constantly writing mm-hmm. which is something i don't do so really
0: yeah <laughs> I, I i had one that i was this is like my i'm really proud of this one is like yeah. a topical remember when uh, everyone the the gasoline quote-unquote shortage happened yes, and people yes. were putting the gasoline in the garbage bags <laughs> i just i was just basically like you guys hear about this gasoline sto- shortage it's wild huh like it, i never thought thought that gasoline would become Bitcoin for Trump supporters. Okay, that's Just, pretty good, yeah. I was like, that's kind of fun. I heard that joke. I heard you do that joke. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, great. I like that one. That was, uh, I was like, I was like pretty proud of that because it was like, but it, it's only funny when you're there at the time. It's hot enough in the news where you're watching <laughs> the 24 hour news cycle only yeah. cover people stashing yeah. gasoline. Yeah. well i that's think stupid. that those kind of topical jokes work well because you've got the people who
1: saw the story mm-hmm. and they're like oh cool you got a joke about it that's awesome i saw that too we're all we were having a shared experience then there's the people that haven't heard about it And they're learning a news story And then hearing a joke
0: about it first And yeah. then you're the person who told them about the news story You get to like incept their opinion about yeah, it later exactly. Yeah exactly It's like oh I heard this great joke the other day And then they like look it up like gasoline shorts And they look at it they're like oh this is like Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly like Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, like the comedian <laughs> In his backyard <laughs> Yep in my own backyard <laughs> <laughs> So do you have a so back when you're writing those jokes, did you ever share them with any of your friends or you just keep it on the DL? I wouldn't keep it on the DL, but
1: none of my friends were into stand up comedy or SNL like I was. Okay, So it wasn't like I was keeping it like a secret. It was just like nobody would really care. I'd be like, I'm writing jokes. I'd be like, fucking, that's awesome. Mm, That's really cool.
0: (laughs) So you go from writing those those jokes. uh, That's high school. Do you Mm. do any comedy stuff in college? Do you do any improv? Not at all, dude.
1: No, I I like it. Felt like I was repressing that side of me in college. Really? Yeah, because I knew there was stand. I worked with a guy, very funny comedian in Arkansas, who was doing stand up at the time, and I was like, "That's badass." That's always mm-hmm. what I always wanted to do. And then I just never did it in college. Oh, so I would okay. just hang out and watch stand up comedy, listen to stand up comedy all the time in college, but never try to write anything.
0: Whoa, yeah, so just like four years. Yeah, I kind of am in the same ish boat. Yeah, like I didn't start till uh a year and a half after college Mm -hmm. but in college just so much louis Mm ck just like all the time like this is at his peak before he diddled himself okay listeners but uh like tons of louis ck amy schumer was like popping off Uh there was all sorts of like it was just one of my good friends at college we met each other because the first day during freshman orientation everyone from the same dorm had to wear the same t-shirt and he comes up to me my roommate he goes do you guys like stand-up comedy? <laughs> so we just watch specials and shit together. That's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh. It was a very like. I think what I miss so much about uh, freshman year of college was that like three or four week period where mm-hmm. everyone got to make friends like you were five years old. Be like, hey, what's your major? Oh, you want to be my friend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to dwink waydo? Okay.
1: <laughs> I want to come to my dorm and have a mics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I didn't go to like a university my first year, so I never had that. Oh, where'd you go? I went to a community college. So mm. it was like, oh, what's your major? All right, cool. I'm never going to speak to you again. Yeah, that's fair. We're going to stare at each other across <laughs> this classroom until we graduate.
0: Yeah. End yeah. quote. oh my god <laughs> yeah it was kind of sad and then you went see so you, just your first year though i did my first two years two years okay yeah. and that was i mean it was just cost effective very cost effective yeah. in hindsight should have done it
1: oh it was ama- i was paying 10 times the amount of community college when i went to university mm-hmm. it was bonkers
0: it's insane yeah but
1: it's funny that you bring up like i when I, it's funny being back in that time whenever specials would come out yeah like you, like a special would drop, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, we gotta go watch this! Yeah, we gotta go watch this special." But now it seems like there's a special. They drop like ten at a time, mm-hmm. and you don't have any time to watch them.
0: I remember, probably 2017, like a little bit after college. It was to the point where. I had watched almost every special on Netflix for anyone that I even kind of gave a shit yeah. about. And I was like, what next? And I was like, finding new comedians. Yes. Because I had exhausted like the 30 or 40 people I like. Yeah. You know? Don't
1: you love that moment when you find a new comedian and they have like three or four specials?
0: Oh, yeah. That was, was great. Like, Jesus. <laughs> for me, the big one uh, was Jen Kirkman. Do you know her? I don't
1: know. Her. I've heard her name before.
0: She had some really good specials. They like I, I, At the time I was watching, I really enjoyed them. But i also have to
1: check her out, Jen Kirk. I dig that.
0: I don't. I think she still does comedy. She has a podcast. that's like she talks to herself, which it's always an interesting format for me. Because <laughs> I As can't do it. You're talking
1: to somebody else. Yeah, this is just a vessel for you to talk to yourself. Uh, a little bit, you know. You've li- <laughs> you've listened to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you're you're consuming a lot of specials. You're watching comedy. You work with someone who does comedy, but you're like, that's cool. But I. Why would I do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. So, what is the what is the first thing? The first time you get the click moment of like, I should go do do this.
1: I think I stopped working with him for a little bit, and then I was living in Fayetteville, Arkansas, after I graduated college, and I was like, maybe I should maybe wonder if they're still doing comedy shows there at the spot they do the open mic at. Okay. And I was just drove by, went to the open mic, saw the guy I knew from work there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, this is my first time seeing you do stand up. First mm-hmm. time seeing anybody. That's not famous to stand up yeah. in Fayetteville. So why don't I just try doing this? Mm-hmm. Then you see some you see some open micers and you're just like, okay, I can probably kind of do this. Yeah. And you're just like, I can figure this one <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. So I went to... I saw one, waited a couple weeks, and then I went
0: to another one. Okay. And then performed on that one. That's fair. I kind of did the same thing. I, I like went, watched two open mics at like different spots. Yeah. And then the next week I came back with stuff. Yeah. Like, so what, what was the... uh? Are you still friends with that person? I'm still... It's, after you move
1: away from your hometown, it's kind of hard to keep in touch with people. Well, totally. I still talk to him, for yeah. sure. I think he's moving to New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's
0: a good spot for comedians. Are there any... Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to start with this before I get ahead of myself. Yeah. So uh, what's, the, what's the... How big was the scene down there?
1: Scene in Arkansas. In the town that I'm from, there were maybe two open mics a week. Okay. If there were any. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be one open mic on Wednesdays, I think, and then another one on Tuesdays at just a bar. Mm-hmm. And then there were two shows in the town and then maybe two or three more that you can like drive an hour to. Okay, yeah. So if you were doing very good and getting booked, you performed maybe three times a week. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of a bummer whenever you get really mm. like stuck on it.
0: Yeah. So but, how many people were there, like roughly? I'd say probably about twenty five. Okay, that's pretty all good. all of like varying, varying um qualities too. There's some mm-hmm. very good people out there. Nice. Did you um how long were you in Arkansas for? Like entirely. Oh, uh, just while doing stand up. Oh, I did stand-up there for eight months, I think. Eight months? Okay. Yeah. So, how, was, how were uh, the mics there? Did you guys have crowds? Yes. Nice. Yeah, of course we did. It was, it was always... The mics
1: almost had more crowds than the shows sometimes. Hmm. The mics would always have, like, 20, 30 audience members. Wow. So, you'd be there, and you'd be doing new, brand new shitty jokes to 30 people. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, this is what stand-up is. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> um, but it was definitely... It was good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. Did you get on any
0: shows while you were out there?
1: Yeah, I, uh, by like my second month in, I started picking up a little bit more traction. Nice. And I would get on like a couple weekly showcases, like the two weekly showcases. I'll probably get on them once a month.
0: Oh, that's great. They're pretty
1: fun. They were like, like the open mic it was just at bars. Right. Some people, would show, one of them was free, one of them was paid. Obviously, a lot more people showed up to the
0: free one. Right.
1: <laughs> but they were a, a lot of fun shows. They would get headliners to come mm-hmm. out there, and you would just be on the same show as headliners. A lot of people just road comics like probably like us now
0: nice yeah whoa that's crazy to think about right it's, <laughs> i will just assume road comics are like oh you got to be like eight years in to be a road comic no
1: i mean because yeah. like it'd be people that's just like oh yeah well, i know these two guys from indianapolis and they're coming mm. through today and it's like that's kind of where we're at now that is you just true. call up somebody in indianapolis and you're just like hey can i get up on this show at the fucking funny bone and it's like yeah i run this show
0: whoa i didn't even think about that Yeah. (laughs) I've just been here so long that I'm just like I don't I don't do the I don't do the hit up the Facebook group like, Hey guys, I'm gonna be in town. Who's got a spot for me? You you get kinda
1: like whenever you're in New York it feels like you just get into the ecosystem a lot. You're just like, Oh, I've got all these shows that I need to be on first. But then you never think it's like, Oh, there are shows everywhere yeah why don't i try to get on one of them
0: <laughs> why don't i try to do that that is a good point that is a good point i've
1: never been to cincinnati
0: <laughs> and i think one one thing that really surprised me to getting more into like comedy and the scene and stuff is at first you're like oh the scene is just the people who are around me and then you're like oh the scene is everyone who's in the city in the mm-hmm. state and then after a while especially being in new york city it's like oh the scene like I am one connection from like mil- like thousands exactly. of people around yeah. the country it's
1: you find the webs yeah and like whenever you start meeting people people come into town it's like oh I know this one person you look up their Facebook and you see oh they know all these people that I also know yeah maybe and then you just like you said it's like the connections yeah it's like the different degrees of bacon yeah <laughs> exactly like it, and even in stand-up you're always six degrees away from Kevin Bacon
0: pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's like so wild and I think it, it's why uh, all those rando comedians feel so comfortable and confident just adding you on facebook oh yeah it's so funny whenever uh, you discover that uh, it's the worst (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. there's so many of them there's like it was funny is there's some of them that add you that you're like okay yeah we're i we're in some of the same comedy groups this is like a sane Mm. person then there's some people who add you who are like oh this is a fully unhinged person like (laughs) do you know my dad what yeah (laughs) this is like oh you think you're a comedian. You're a security threat.
1: <laughs> that's what people bring me up as.
0: Yeah. They're like, oh, this next comedian uh, wandered in from the deserts of New Mexico. <laughs> He's open carrying in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's,
1: like, that's like open mics in Arkansas. Really? Yeah. yeah. It'd be a lot of people. There'd be like the open mic that everybody would go to. And it's like, okay, this is the comedian's open mic. Mm-hmm. And then you go to one that's just at a bar yeah. in like the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. You just see some wild fucking people. Oh, yeah. and it's It's pretty great,
0: though. See, like, when I started in Boulder, all the mics were, like, at, like, breweries. Mm. So it was just, like, very, like for the most part, very chill people would come to – like, not even come to watch. They would just be drinking at the brewery. Yeah, and then hang out. Yeah. And, like, I mean, a lot of times it was so funny because we'd show up early and we'd be like, oh, this place is packed tonight. We'll start the mic. Maybe we'll have some good audience. And then to make the announcement, guys, we're going to have a com- comedy open mic. It's free to watch. Some new local town trying out their stuff. You stick around, laugh oh. at some jokes. And like 80% of the people in the <laughs> brewery the, leave. The
1: moment you step on stage. Yeah. <laughs> They're
0: just like, fuck this. It's but. like whenever
1: you drop like like a bead
0: of dish soap
1: into water with pepper. Yeah. It, like they all just <laughs> dissipate.
0: Oh, it was... Sometimes it was so heartbreaking, especially when you're like... <laughs> like for the most part, we had pretty like what I would... Like it's funny because now I consider a good show crowd, even if like my show, mm-hmm. is like, oh, the room. If the room is like a small size, if you get like ten people, that mm-hmm. feels like a good show for sure. Back then, that was like that's like a just a regular open yeah, mic. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's
1: kind of weird moving out to these open mics here because it's in like Boulder, or like in Fayetteville. It's like yeah. all open mics; there are people there. People are gonna laugh. It's like a good time. Mm-hmm. People are eating and stuff. Then you come out here. It's like oh, somebody put this in their schedule yeah (laughs) a bunch of people got together and just decided to sit in a room and talk to each other yeah without anyone else without anybody no yeah people and then like in last summer too it was even crazier because it was like oh what's everybody doing in
0: two hours yeah (laughs) you guys want to come to the park yeah let's do it do we have a microphone no yeah that that was the craziest thing like i will look back on last summer is like one of the best summers of my life tons of fun yeah coronavirus is terrible but outdoor economy the best and just like I wasn't in this demographic, but everyone was unemployed. So they would just be like, Yeah, we do like a mic at noon, we do a mic at two, we got a mic yeah. at three. And they're all in Central Park. Yeah. They're all <laughs> there
1: was a point in Central Park where you would be in the Great Lawn and there would just be <laughs> a triangular like perimeter
0: of open mics. Yeah.
1: You could hear somebody else's jokes from your open mic at a yeah. different open mic.
0: <laughs> and you'd just be watching another show. What cracks me up too is like we at the end of like last year we were all like oh as soon as spring comes around we're doing it again yeah and since everywhere has opened and everyone's like why would i just go sit in a park no yeah i'm kind of done with that yeah. <laughs>
1: even like the park shows are showing, down yeah. it's like we're gonna go inside
0: yeah it's i like i love doing the outdoor stuff mm-hmm. but like i was i uh fully underestimated in myself and everyone else how much they actually want to be outdoor yeah. performing comedy
1: yeah because i mean at the time like last summer i was like this is all we can do we're trying to be safe we're yeah. wearing masks right now we're outside wearing masks this is what we got to do mm-hmm. because we can't go anywhere else right now it's like oh i can just <laughs> i can just go to a club now yeah
0: i don't have to go to a rooftop that's 30 minutes away mm-hmm. oh yeah oh you live up in astoria yeah yeah <laughs> that's a challenging commute it is for, a challenging commute no doubt for some outdoor comedy yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure dude I'm like I do I do the tiny cupboard rooftop rooftop like mics twice a week. Yeah, do an indoor mic like once a week there. Sometimes the I would
1: do those are I do work in Midtown, so I could just mm-hmm. swing
0: over to the tiny cupboard.
1: Mm-hmm. And if, but if I go there, I'm staying there the entire day. Yeah, you it's got a it. long trip home.
0: That oh my god yeah I went to uh, um, last summer Tori Huggins and Mo Singleton their show yeah up in Astoria good show first time I'd been to Astoria uh, beautiful neighborhood Great spot. I love it uh, but I was also like. Yo, this is like an hour and it is fifteen so far minutes away. by terrain. This is yeah. insane. That
1: sucks. It's such a great neighborhood, but it's just so far out there. Yeah. If it was closer, it would be it would be a different. It would be just cupcake shops. Yes. It'd be like this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh there's no cupcake cupcake shop on the street, okay? <laughs> <There's> just, <laughs> this <laughs> there are uh Caribbean and there's there's uh, Jamaican patties. That's I'm into that. Got. A lot of a lot of Jamaican and Caribbean food over here. I'm Pretty into them. Lee is all about it. I'm sure she is. I don't have many vegan options. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. <laughs> a lot of barbecue. Got to cook at home. <laughs> so uh, you're you're in Arkansas. You're getting up a couple on a, a couple times a month in the weekly showcases, which is awesome, especially at two months in. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like that's a great little ramp up through a scene. Yeah. Um. What what was the what was the point? Um. When you finally decided to move to New York City. It was kind of like
1: a thing, I didn't like my job too much, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't think I was going to move anywhere there. And then doing stand-up, it was like I said, there's only a couple shows, there's only a couple mics. If I want to do this, I'm not going to be able to get better. Yeah. Because I had the same, I probably didn't even have five minutes. Yeah. I was was just doing the same shitty jokes that probably took up two and a half minutes, like every single week, and just not getting any better. Yeah. And then coming to New York, it's just like, I need to actually work at this yeah i didn't have any chance to improve myself out there because mm-hmm. when your mic is once a week you go up there and if you bomb it's like oh well i want to fix this yeah but then you forget about everything by the time you go to the next mic right it's not like this where you bomb and you're like oh i'm going to fix this in an hour yeah it's like oh i have to fix this in eight days mm-hmm. i don't know there was, it just wasn't feasible for wanting to do it um like seriously i think yeah
0: one thing that I look back on that's surprising is like what you said is just like starting out and doing the same like three minutes all the time yeah. and maybe trying out something new. Like I remember back in my scene, it was like when someone would, we would, everyone would go to all five mics yeah. in the, in the city. Yeah. And then when someone brought out a new joke, it was like, everyone was all ears. Yes. It was like, whoa. That's so funny. Cause it was <laughs> the same thing in Arkansas yeah. being
1: like, Oh, he just did something new. He just did a new thing. That's fucking cool. I love that guy.
0: It's like here now. If I don't do new stuff at a mic, I'm like I've wasted my time. <laughs> That's
1: so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I. I wouldn't like try anything out there. It would all be yeah. like just I would find what got me laughs and be like I'm just going to do that because I want to get on shows and I want to mm-hmm. try to get in good but it, wouldn't, it
0: wasn't risking anything right it just felt very safe right and it felt like i was just gonna go around in circles i totally understand what yeah. you're saying like and i feel like I, once you get established like here you don't need that like oh i have to impress like once you know people people know you're funny yeah and you can take risks at mics yeah and it won't be the end of like your self-esteem or for whatever, sure yeah
1: because you know? like it's almost embarrassment comes with the territory if you like right you're going to embarrass yourself all the time doing this and you just have to get used to doing that and i think impressing somebody in comedy often is in the form of taking risks right it's like oh they right. tried that kind of ambitious but also kind of weird bit that's fucking cool of them to do that yeah instead of like doing the same like whatever fucking train stabbing joke that i was doing for a very long time every week because it got laughs it's like oh no that's not let's just write something new
0: Mm -hmm. there was like i don't know i don't know if you experienced this too but when i moved here i had to throw away almost everything from 100 yeah i think
1: i did my arkansas material at one mic and that was the day after i moved
0: yeah and
1: then after that i was like oh (laughs) you, you you really like sink your at least in my experience i shouldn't say for other people you really like realize where your material is right. whenever you drop it in a different environment. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, so out of this five minutes that I just did, this one punchline worked. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've been doing that for the past eight months.
0: It's a hard adjustment. Yeah. That like, really messed with me. And I remember being here probably four or five months. And then Lee and I went to a mic in Bushwick that mm-hmm. was actually pretty friendly and supportive. And so I had like brought out the best I'd been working on since I moved to the city got a bunch of laughs and i was like that that's wrong like i i i only bomb here like i haven't had anyone laugh seriously at any of my jokes the whole time so (laughs) that's a good
1: feeling that's the one thing in comedy is just the affirmation that you're on to something
0: yeah yeah it's
1: just like oh so i'm not crazy yeah yeah other people understand why i think this is funny
0: yeah, exactly. It's like that. Like, inst- like the laugh validation is incredible. Mm-hmm. But also, if you when you shoot your shot with a new bit and someone is like, "Yo, I really like that. I totally get it." You're yeah. like, "Whoa, oh, perfect! I made a good point. That's yeah, crazy. I made a good point. <laughs> i Made a good point." <laughs> so, what was? Uh, let me ask you this. This is something I sometimes ask people about comedy. What What was your first show like? Were you like super nervous?
1: Like, my first show or my first mic? First show. My first sh- I don't remember my first show too much. Really? I remember my first mic, my knees were shaking. Whoa! I looked like Elvis. <laughs> I, it was fucking crazy. Oh, my God. I had it on... I have it... A friend of mine has it on his phone, and he's probably going to post it at some point, which I'm. will be the day that I kill myself. <laughs> I, I think about that every night. Because I purged it, but oh he, I forgot gosh. I sent it to him. So he's got... <laughs> And I look completely different, but my, my knees are shaking.
0: Holy shit! It's that, very embarrassing. That's <laughs> the knee shake is intense. Oh yeah, dude.
1: But my first show, I don't remember it all. It was at a place. It had to have been at a place called Black Apple. Black Apple Cider. Mm. It's like like a cidery in Springdale, mm-hmm. Arkansas, which is where they do all the shows. Okay. And I think that was my first one. I remember I got paid for it. They had like drink tickets, and I was like, "Fuck." I'm a I'm a hero right
0: now. Really doing and it. And then I moved here and I was like, oh, I'm shit. <laughs> what about you? I uh I did I wasn't uh I wasn't as shaky, um, at my first mic, but I was kind of like full notebook, like just yeah. reading the script, you know. Uh, first show, I actually got through a open mic competition. Up in Aspen, Colorado, for a five-minute spot on the Aspen Laugh Festival during their opening night, yeah. And I got third at the open mic competition. Okay, here's the reason. Okay, I, I've talked about this before on the show. Okay, Aspen is four hours from Denver oh. by driving. You have to if you're not comfortable driving in the mountains, and this is during this is in February. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable driving in the mountains, that's a very difficult trip for yeah, a lot of like people. It's like the intro to The Shining. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just like that. Yeah. And so four hour trip, I'm like, uh one of my friends told me, one of my comic friends, he's like, Yeah, there's a competition up there. I'm keeping on the low because I want to go. And I mm. figured the less people that go, the better the odds are. And I was like, You're right. I get to this competition, I drive I take two days off work, right? One day to drive up there <laughs> to stay do the competition, stay the night, drive home the next day. Dedicated. Yeah. Dude, it was crazy. I I get there, there's ten comedians. Oh my god. They put me up first in this packed bar Uh and I was like a little nervous, but it actually it went really well. Yeah. And I like I went first, but then I had to wait through nine more comedians before they made a decision, which took like 30 more minutes. So I like didn't listen to anybody after. Yeah, because you would probably
1: be going crazy.
0: Yeah, no, and but some people it's straight up the rules were this is like a festival, it's the opening night, your material needs to be PG Mm thirteen. I'd say half the comedians were making jokes about like smoking crack and masturbating and I was like, "So you guys just just don't wanna perform." Well, that's like 80s PG-13. Yeah, so they like I I got third. A bunch of people that were funnier in a lot of ways and probably more experienced just like didn't understand the rules. Yeah. So they just like fucked up. But then I came had to come back the next month for the actual show or like later that month and it was a hotel lobby. To probably 30 attentive people, like Uh right in front. Big production, great, great set. But the problem was, like, one, I was not that good at that point. I was like, all right. And also, people are coming in from skiing. So, like, just like right behind the audience, there are families going clomp, clomp, clomp (laughs) on the tile floor in their ski boots, walking straight up to the bar and the restaurant. There's like, it's like 50 feet of attentive audience. And then behind that is just like madness. I love that. So did you
1: get like the people that they're trying to figure out what's going on? So they're like walking behind the crowd and like they've got their fucking daughter with them. They're just like, "What is this?"
0: Absolutely.
1: Caught, we're going.
0: Absolutely. And the thing also too is this is this is where I learned the uh, you have to try your material in lots of places type uh-huh. rule because i had jokes that were colorado local jokes mm-hmm. which work everywhere but the problem is aspen is an international ski destination so you've got people from everywhere got people from like south america from europe from mm-hmm. australia like all over so like i noticed like oh my local jokes weren't hitting so i did some other stuff and they were okay but i was like oh th- like this is such a quintessentially like colorado type vibe yeah. so i mean it was all right but it was like a really cool experience i'm sure it is yeah I was like I was like humoring myself. I was like I stayed in a hotel a full hour away in Glenwood Springs because uh-huh. the hotel was fifty dollars a night there and it's got the hot spring. It's awesome. It's pretty sick. And I was like, oh what if I wanted to treat myself and stay in the hotel and performing at eight hundred dollars a night Wolf. for the the lowest. Eight hundred dollars? Yeah. Just, Jesus Christ. That's like and I was like, Oh no, yeah, I'm gonna get done with this show and I'm gonna drive an hour yeah. back. Eight hundred dollars, <laughs> you
1: still just get to do ten minutes.
0: Yeah, no, it was five. It was five. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it was like one of those things where like, at the time I was six months into comedy and I was yeah. like, Whoa, bonkers? I can really do something. Did you know? have
1: that feeling whenever you got booked on it that you were just like, oh. Like, yeah. you were happy that you got booked, but you're just like, oh, I'm a little green right now. What am I going to do?
0: I, I felt like I was just so ready to be on a show yeah. and watching everyone in the scene, like, get booked on, like, smaller showcases. And mm. now that I'm, like, much more experienced, I understand I would not book someone who was like me at that time. <laughs> but it was, like, cool because it was just, like, it's, like, one of those moments where you get those little believe in yourself moments. Yeah. You, like, hit, uh, hit a milestone or you do a show and you have an awesome yeah. set just winning the getting third in the competition and getting that spot yeah felt like this is incredible yeah you know
1: no i totally get do you ever here's a weird thing i just thought of do you ever get like the milestones that are like a negative thing whoa like i just got i just got rejected at an audition but i feel like that's a milestone for me okay it's like my first club audition oh i see what you mean but i got my first rejection i'm like oh so now, like, it's kind of open now. The pressure's kind of off me now. Because mm. you have, like, the milestones where it's, like, your first show, you know, your first show you produce maybe. The first yeah. showcase you're on with a bigger comic. Right. But then what about, like, your first bomb? Your first rejection at a club? Your first, like, road gig
0: where you get bumped after you drive out there? I never thought about it that way. But that's, like, that's actually really good yeah. in a way. Because it's, like, once you get rejected from the milestone The milestone is like more achievable. Exactly, it's like
1: that's a weird thing to to like think about it because it's like it's less or it's more achievable, but you also give it. uh, You also sorry, (laughs) you also give it um, a little bit less credence, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm past this now. That five minutes I did is kind of over. Right. I did my five minutes. I prepared it, and now I can just move on from that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. That's i don't know i never thought about him that way you know like i i have so seldom like auditioned for things i never send my tape to anybody yeah like i just don't do that so but i could see how that'd be great just like you know you put yourself out there you get shot down and you're like okay well now it's not as big a deal in my head Yeah, it's
1: almost like freeing i've just been thinking about that all day because i was like sad about it but then i was like
0: oh well, I guess I'll just keep going doing stand-up now. Damn, I should apply for, like, a bunch of stuff just to be like, you know, i applied applying for it. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey,
1: you apply for it. Somebody says, hey, you didn't get it, and you're just like, oh, fucking cool. I'll try again next time, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I've been, like, thinking of, like, I've been trying to get, um, not, like, super seriously, but, like, I'm always on the lookout for people who get writing packets because yes. I just want to see one and just have someone send me one just so I can try it out. The, that's one thing. I did a couple this year. Oh, really? And it's a it's a thing where
1: it's hard if you've never seen one before. Really? Because it's like, I don't know what a writing packet looks like. What font do
0: they use? Is it 12? (laughs) Is it 14? I don't know. I I thought, okay, in my brain, okay, never seen one, okay? Uh In my brain, a writing packet is a manila envelope (laughs) that's an inch thick. And there's like a fucking huge stack of paper that's all zip tied together. Uh And it's just like, it's like a big standardized test from elementary school. It's just
1: like that. But there's also like, it's hole punched with a padlock around it, yeah, around yeah. each piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. have to like give it to the commissioner of comedy. Yep. To unlock it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's in my brain what it's like. Have you seen one? Have you, yeah, I mean, it It's, it's
1: it, it just looks like a script. Okay. It's just like, uh, I think the ones, the one I did was like five pages long. And you just write a bunch of monologue jokes, maybe a sketch, Mm. but they're all just kind of different. And
0: do they have like prompts? Is that how it works? Sometimes they do.
1: Okay. I think I think SNLs is like just write some sketches, make political, make commercials, do whatever you want to do. Some of them will be like, okay, you're gonna write me two pages of monologue jokes. You're Mm -hmm. gonna write me one sketch, and you're gonna write me one recurring theme or one uh, like recurring desk joke. Okay. And that's gonna be your packet, like line by line, which are kind of nice. Because it it gives you a kind of whenever you don't do them, it's like I don't know what a format is. What do you want me to do? Just write jokes like I do in stand up. What do they want to see? Right, right. But it's kind of it's a great practicing exercise. Mm -hmm. It's just so good to do that. I was talking to somebody about it the other day because I feel like whenever those opportunities come up, it's not going to be you looking for it. Right, right. It's going to be somebody's like, "Hey, I saw that said it's really funny. We're looking for a guy that does subway jokes about getting stabbed on our show. Do you have a packet? And if you don't have one, it's like your opportunity's gone."
0: Right, but they okay, but they usually send out packets to you, right? They send they send
1: like a request for a packet,
0: request for a packet.
1: Yeah, I'm also not that versed in this, so okay. I feel like we're both like <laughs> Spider-Man memeing each other right now. <laughs> You're
0: the TV yeah. writer. Like two TV writers pointing yeah, at you. Like you're I've not a TV a packet. writer. Yeah.
1: No, I, from what I understand, <laughs> it's just like, okay, here's what the packet looks like. Now you send us the packet. Okay, We're just playing semantics at do this they, point.
0: <laughs> do they give you a shipping label to attach the manila envelope?
1: You have to send it FedEx <laughs> next day. Priority.
0: So Okay, so you meet in person <laughs> at the studio. <laughs> you've
1: got, yeah, you've got a, you have to hire a messenger. You have to hire an old Jamaican man. That's to, why
0: Postmates was invented. To yeah, deliver yeah. Pa- writing packets in the yeah, city. Yeah, no shit.
1: I worked at a mailroom and I was just
0: delivering packets all day. <laughs> That's every mailroom in New York City. is just, it's just writing like packets. Inch thick envelopes with writing That'd packets. That would be crazy
1: if writing packets were an inch thick. That would be so
0: depressing <laughs> if you got an email
1: and they were just like, we need... A literal inch and a half of your work oh <laughs> uh, i would cry i de- guess <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna be a comedian though. exactly it's so much work no
0: i'd be i'd be so because like how do you get your packets how have you gotten
1: usually it's like somebody gets it from somebody who gets it from somebody okay that's i what think I, thought. I think tv shows they like give the writers this is funny that we're talking about like our <laughs> theories it sounds like we were like conspiracy <laughs> theorists and then one day it slips out under the door like oh like like uh the end of rogue one with the hologram thing. yeah <laughs> jimmy fallon has like a lightsaber and he's cutting up some dude and, yep <laughs> and then he hands it through the door but no i think like a writing crew they're just like all right writers you're all comedians go find funny comedians right and then it just gets down the line the email it's like a chain letter
0: okay yeah that's that's what i understood and yeah. like Every time I meet someone who has gotten a packet, I tell them, let me know if yeah. you get one, because I don't know how to get into those networks. Yeah. A
1: lot of times it's in like sketch groups and stuff. Sketch groups will probably get mm. it because they're more in the pipeline. Gotcha. And then got you just got to find the
0: sketch people. I'm in a pipeline. Yeah, the
1: sketchy people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the sketchy people first. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we spent uh, five minutes discussing Discussing our theories
1: about how packets
0: come out. What we think writing a packet is like. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what writing
1: is. <laughs> what do you have to like draw it on a whiteboard and then take a yeah. picture of it?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be like, if they're like, oh, the, you have to write this by hand, I'd be like, oh, you're not even going to <laughs>
1: I guess the fill, requirement is you have to write it by. I hand. guess you
0: got to because they give it to you and it's <laughs> it's an inch thick and it's a big envelope and you have to answer the questions on there.
1: You have to answer the question: Are you funny? Maybe. yep If you answer yes, they already throw it
0: away. Yeah, and if you take out your phone while working on it, <laughs> or if you work on it in pen, the whole thing is I n- like void.
1: Your, I like your your comparison to the benchmark <laughs> test. Like the teacher has to <laughs> administer it, and you can't. Yeah. go out for recess because i think you've buried the answers in the in the
0: yep. playground it's exactly like the act sat same yeah. deal you have
1: to go to a local high school and they have granola bars
0: there <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like and then the students are like how come there's a bunch of old people in the gym <laughs> i don't even go here <laughs> they're like oh they're uh, they're all trying to be on tv and they're like this is a high school <laughs>
1: wait my PE teacher Mr. Mackey just gives out the, the writing packets? I didn't know he did comedy.
0: He's on Jimmy Fallon? What? <laughs> so you've actually you've done some sketch stuff though. You've shot a few. I've
1: done a little sketch stuff. Yeah, I like just doing sketches sometimes. It's mm-hmm. hard though. I'm not a very good sketch writer. Yeah? That's what's, a hard thing to do.
0: What's difficult about it for you?
1: I'm just not a good writer I don't think. No? I, I think it just takes practice and then when you start doing sketches you find out the work and you're just like damn this takes a lot of work takes a lot of effort you got to film it you got to find people to film it with Mm. you and sometimes your sketches seem to like get stale in your head and you're like what am i even writing anymore
0: yeah Um, whoa because i I always feel like the the technical aspect like especially doing the podcast like now i know how much work goes into the technical side of a project like that every time i think of doing a sketch i'm like i'm already exhausted (laughs)
1: yeah no i mean it's a lot of it Some of the the best sketches for me were the ones that came super easily. Yeah. Which is a lazy way of writing sketches, I think. Right. Because it's just like, oh, that's funny. I'm just going to film this. Uh." (laughs) And then, like, whenever I sit down, I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Gotcha. But I think I like doing, I want to do more sketches. I'm just lazy.
0: Mm. So in stand up, like, would you consider writing one of your strengths? Or is it just like a totally different type of writing? It's a different type of writing. Yeah.
1: Because I think sketches. It involves more people and involves like a different part of your brain. I think doing stand up, mm. it's like, Oh, I can think of this idea, I can think of a punchline, a way that makes me laugh, and I can just write it down and perform it. Okay. I think sketches seem a little daunting to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, we have to find a situation, you got to film this, you got to, I don't know. But I think it's really just that I'm like intimidated and lazy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. This is now a self help podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maxim has a sign on this desk that says, uh, therapy, five cents. Yep, and he's dressed exactly. like Lucy.
0: So, what kind of sketch would you write to uh, reconnect with your father? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's interesting. To me, I haven't I haven't done any sketches. Yeah, like part of it is just being aware of the technical aspect mm-hmm. and being like, realistically, am I going to write all of this and then want to sit down, film it, and then do all the editing? Yeah. The answer is no.
1: I think the beauty of it is. If you have a quick one and a good one, I would do like the first ones on iMovie on my phone. It's mm-hmm. like, while I was at work. Yeah. But those are just easy to film because they're usually just shot, 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 maybe music, maybe a slow-mo. Right. Boom. But then you get more involved ones. And you have to sit down. You got to do it. Like mm-hmm. a whole thing.
0: Have you taken a, a writers class ever? I took like a
1: satire that? class over okay. the the winter. That was the only writing class I do took. Do you write
0: for any satire right now?
1: No. Okay. I do it as practice sometimes. Like I'll think mm. of like here's a here's a good article I could think of. Here's a good topic I could think of. What well,
0: what have you written? I've written I've written a
1: couple jump kick articles. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Not like for them, but like as practice.
0: Have you talked to them at all?
1: I haven't talked to them personally. I feel weird like talking about I a could li- magazine on a podcast. I could
0: literally introduce you to them. Oh,
1: I know who they are. I've, okay. But I have not talked to them about the mag. Gotcha. About the zine. Okay.
0: Which do you go mag or zine? That's a uh, site. That's <laughs> 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 a site. <laughs> no, I I wouldn't call it a mag or a zine. I also I think zines are like when you staple it together yourself. Um, I have never said the word mag okay. in a non-gun sense. Okay,
1: I get that. You say it a lot in a gun sense.
0: Only in like a dramatic Call of Duty type. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not as much. No, I
1: think what they're doing is super clever. I, it's I've, fun. It's such a great idea for a zine or yeah. a site, whichever side you're on.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have them on the show at you, some point. You should, because I think what they're doing is amazing. I've written, I've written like four five or six articles i yeah. gotta write one next week for them solid the title is uh look i'm not reinventing the wheel here i'm reinventing the sock see that's good <laughs> so that's, stupid. that's perfect i and, like that and the the thing that's that i'm hung up on is like i wrote sometimes i write the headline and i'm like yo that's fucking hilarious and then now it's like now i gotta think of what's wrong with socks <laughs> this guy <laughs> is trying to like
1: correct it's like that moment you just write the title and then typewriter carriage over
0: yeah and you're like okay okay <laughs> and we're going to start writing now. Exactly. It's like, I, I know what this guy's voice sounds like in my head. I do not know what he's going for at all. See, you're already a step
1: ahead of me. Oh, okay. I took a creative writing class in college, and it was all about like the voice and about the characters. Mm. And I, for some reason, my brain was just not created in that way, and
0: I had such a hard time Interesting. thinking about that. I. What's weird for me is I have a tough time playing characters, like yeah. in improv-type settings. Mm-hmm. But when I write satire, I feel like I have a very good like idea of how to write something from a first person perspective that is just fucking stupid. Ah, See, it's cool. Like, okay. I wrote, I've only written one satire article in my free time, Mm -hmm. like outside of my jump kick shit. And, uh, it's called, it's, humans not in this subsector of the quadrangle yeah that's so good and it's just like literally it's it's written from the perspective of like an omnipresent multi-dimensional being that's sick of humans astral projecting in his that's neighborhood so funny. and it's like a not in my backyard type yeah no shit. that is so funny
1: <laughs> i dig the hell out of that
0: yeah so i've got that one sitting in my hard drive but like that, sitting in the hard drive that kind of shit where it's like i just like it just it's so easy for me like one my magnum opus at jump kick yeah. i talked about this on their patreon episode uh-huh. Um, it's an article that's like it's a picture of a Pomeranian mm. and it's like you want me to play dead you know the price oh yeah I like that one Yeah, that was good that was and a good piece. I was like that one just fell out of me mm-hmm. and like I'm like this is like perfect because it's just like this bounce back and forth of like cute and serious yeah. and I'm like oh it's like a real like faking his death I don't know No, oh, yeah it's, it's like, mad funny it's total. thank you yeah of course Appreciate it.
1: yeah that's something that like I, I envy that a lot because it's just such a funny thing it's a cool talent to have interesting and it's um back to rejection is okay thing. Like yeah. whenever i was taking my satire class i would pitch things to like websites and, mm-hmm. and zines yeah and then just the moment where they're just like you know what this is cool this is fine but we're just not gonna take it it's like oh shit well then i can just keep writing them Then yeah nothing they, i just got an email from a guy and that's
0: <laughs> this doesn't feel bad at all it was honestly when i started jump kick it was really tough for a while because i wasn't sure how the pitch cycle worked yeah and like that I that rejection was new to me. Mm-hmm. So like there was a f- few pitches they picked up and I was like, yeah, this is great. This is great. Then I didn't write anything for like two months. And I was yeah. like, what is going on? I like, was like feeling bad about it. And I'm like, Oh, I just need to like keep trying. And then after at, now it's like, I'll post in there like two or three times a week with like a pitch. And then I'm like, eh, now if I'm got picked up, it's fine. No. Yeah. See,
1: I think yeah. that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. But it's
0: uh, the thing about rejection for me is that I didn't know is it's
1: always like, no matter if it's like a TV show or like mm-hmm. an online magazine, it's literally just a person. You see like their yeah. email address. And they're just like, Hey man, thanks. We're not into it. Right. I thought it was going to be like a whole thing. I thought they would never email me. <laughs> I thought it'd be like a, a pre-recorded thing. Mm. It was just like a guy that just types a sentence. Yeah. 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 I'm like that's kind of, that's nothing.
0: And it kind of feeds into that. Like, like you are talking about the rejection thing. It's just like, it's crazy to think that the people who like actually are like real TV or like late night show writers, Have just dealt with that rejection all the time and just daily, and it's just like yeah, it's fine.
1: It be it just becomes another thing in your head. You're just like oh, I'm gonna try this. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'll try it again. Maybe in a month, who knows? I'll try to write better stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's like the 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 first thing we learn at like open mics. You know, is just like. Oh, you're going to go up, and you're just going to suck until you don't, and yeah. you can't feel too bad about it.
1: And I kind of like that. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I love bombing.
0: Really? And I think people who watch me do stand-up can tell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you like about it? I don't know. It just feels good sometimes. It feels like if you go up there with a new joke, I, my, the thesis statement is like there's nothing funnier that could happen on stage than me not being funny.
0: I cannot mm. write
1: something funnier than me bombing interesting nothing i'm gonna say on stage is gonna be funnier than me thinking that i'm funny and not being funny (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs)
0: okay fair
1: i bombed the other day and like it was it was dreadful but like on on stage i was like this is if i was watching this i would be digging the hell out of it it's it's hilarious
0: (laughs) that's like so brutal it's like okay when i watch a friend bomb on stage and they know they're bombing they do a joke it bombs and I feel bad because I'll do the delayed laugh. Like, the joke laugh takes time. It takes place in this time slot. Yeah. I am now laughing at the fact that that's, no one laughed at that. That's so funny. Because <laughs> you always
1: have, whenever like, you see a bomb, you know it's a bomb because nobody laughs then. Yeah. Then you hear, and there's like, oh, they're laughing at the fact that it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's just something about it, man. It's like, maybe it's like some kind of masochism, but it's just,
0: it's so funny to me not being funny. That's, it's so tense. I like, I can't handle that. Yeah? No, like... Bombing for me just kind of sucks, and I try to do, like, a save joke. and yeah, like you the, can't save it. No. At the mic, sometimes I try to do stuff. If I bomb, like, two jokes, in I'm be like, all right, guys, mic's over. Get out of my backyard. <laughs> 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 Which is, like, fine, but it's, I don't know. I, uh, if Usually if, like, a joke bombs, like, right after I've written it, it's, like, it's one more try away from going straight in the trash can. I like the two-try rule. Yeah.
1: I like the two-try rule. It's a pretty good one. I think sometimes when I bomb a joke, I'm like, this is funny and then two more times i'm like okay this is actually really
0: funny (laughs) and then the fifth time i'm like you're an idiot yeah (laughs) there's uh there's definitely jokes i've had like that where i like say them and i'm like this is like in my brain this is good Mm -hmm. shit none of you get it i'm gonna keep saying it just to do it
1: (laughs) and just it's just in my case it's always just a bad it's completely a bad joke on paper in my head If you were to show it to a scientist, he'd be able to like get a beaker and be like, "This is a bad joke,
0: mm-hmm. dude." I was opening sets for a little, for like a week or two there with uh "What's Going On," "Goofballs," and "Goofettes." Yeah, it's, that is some. That's like a Muppets character. <laughs> it's so that is a Muppets character that you just created. Yeah, it, it's so fucking stupid, <laughs> dude. And like, I was like, I love saying this. It's so fun, and Lee is like, it's not working because it's not funny. I'm Ooh. Like, it's funny to me. All and right? hey, if
1: you're opening sets with it, then fucking do it. Yeah. Man. I don't give a shit. yeah. <laughs> I'll think it's funny if you bomb. That's uh, very nice of
0: you to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now it's got the story behind it, too.
0: Yeah, now it's got a whole narrative arc. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. bombing cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you also have a show, Cuba Libre Comedy.
1: do, with Evan Hernandez. How's that going?
0: It's going fantastic, man. Yeah. I really enjoy doing it. Have you been building an audience? How's your stuff going?
1: It's It's been building... S- Slowly but surely, I think. Because mm-hmm. Gowanus, it's in Gowanus, it's a very like, tight-knit neighborhood, and I think it's a lot of people wandering about the show and then finding it and being like, oh shit, this is down the street from my house. Mm-hmm. I'll come here like every Friday. Okay. But we have to get every single person in Gowanus to do that before we build a crowd in the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's we're trying to just get it off the ground right now. We usually yeah. get maybe... 10, 15 people. It's
0: pretty good, which is not it's a great. bad
1: crowd. It's fun. And in that boathouse, it's, it seems like a lot of people like we were talking about earlier, right? Small room, small crowd. It's fine. Yeah, but it's, it's a fun show. I like having a weekly show. It's great. Just for like material sake.
0: Oh yeah. It like I talked about on the shot, this episode we talked about it is like, the weekly show, if you produce the weekly show, you just gave yourself a free 10-minute spot yeah. that week, you know?
1: It just feels good. to It keeps you just warm. It's like, okay, I didn't get booked this week. I've got some new stuff I want to work on. Mm-hmm. I guess I just have my show I could work on. That's fine. It's my show. I'm not afraid to bomb on my own show. Right. I can do that. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. Hell,
0: I can give myself 20 minutes. You bought your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this is my show. I'm, I'm bombing for double time. <laughs> You listen, I bombed the first ten, we're running it back. You know how
1: good comedians will run the light if they have a good joke at the end. I'll run the light if I'm bombing it. Yeah, you just keep d- doubling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a fun show. I like doing it a lot. And it's, it it gets you in a different mindset about comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it you have to perform every week, you have to book every week, you have to mingle every week. Yep. You have to do you have to organize set or not set list, um, lineups every week. Yep. It gets you in like the mindset of putting on a show. Totally. And I kind of dig it
0: it's great and also i will i want to say so I, I just started a show uh, for listeners two virgins comedy it's a great Instagram. show and uh we me and david dobbins we have fully taken after your flyers in that we were like i was like we're doing a new funny flyer every week oh yeah. like i want oh it's fun man. i want people to look at the flyers and be like oh i love that they're changing it every yeah. time because you guys like kill it on that the is flyers. that is
1: all my girlfriend emery bergman she's fantastic at Mm -hmm. drawing things she's a great artist um and we're very blessed to have her posters because they're just i like the idea that comedy can also be like a multimodal thing right like uh, i kind of got the inspiration from the meltdown that show with um jonah jonah ray and kamel nanjiani okay i don't i'm not jamie pull up the name jonah um I forget his last name. I might be right. Um, but they ha- would have a different poster yeah. every week for their shows, mm-hmm. and they had this artist Dave Clock do it. Who would do posters for like Mastodon, do posters for Queens of Stone Age. Cool. They did. They, I think Dave Clock did like the Sleep album covers. Okay. Um, maybe not the album covers, but he did posters for them. But I took a lot of inspiration from that, being like, let's make comedy like a visual thing. It doesn't even have to be like a funny poster. It could just be kind of like a badass poster, right?
0: Yeah. It like it's. And, like, seeing that, it's like, oh, this is, like, so, such a fun idea, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I, I heard, I forgot who said this, but someone asked you for, like, the files so they could do a printout of, like, all the flyers, right? Yeah. That's so cool.
1: It's, it's people like, people, Jess Levin was like, I really love these posters. I would buy these posters.
0: Mm. And It's like,
1: because it, it's, it's like going to a concert or something. You right, go to a right. concert, they have a poster for that night. It's like, oh, it's cool. It's a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. This is, like, an event. Like, it, I like the idea that somebody who's on our show would be like, oh, I love this poster that has my name on it and the yeah. date that I performed on. And mm-hmm. it's an awesome fucking poster. Right. And it's, I'm on this? That's badass.
0: That's true. That's sick. I love that. It's like, for hours, I was like, I want people to scroll down the Instagram and like, just look through the old flyers just for fun.
1: Yeah. Just No, I mean, I do that all the time. It's yeah. just fun to look in. We're like I said, we're just...
0: Very lucky to have like a great artist mm-hmm. on our side. Also, that that's one thing like having someone having someone to delegate that to mm-hmm. is like amazing. Yeah, because it's not just like you and Evan like every week sitting down on a computer, and being like, "Can we get it to yeah, look yeah. good? How you do know? we how do we rotate this this <laughs> <Yeah>. work?" <laughs>
1: Which is us doing the other posters. Yeah, it's like, oh, so what do we mean? We have to pay for this graphic on Canva.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we um, Claire Alexander with drool. Oh, another great like comedy graphic designer yeah. and comedian yeah she's wonderful listen to her episode she was on here a while back uh but yeah like her their flyer i think they just changed their like main rule flyer like mm-hmm. a little bit it's the same every week but when they do like the comedian headshot pieces mm-hmm. it just adds so much to like the I agree instagram with you know
1: another great one with another degree is uh, um uh ambush lucas mm-hmm. Connolly does those and they're fantastic mm. those are great i love those posters they do the same thing where it's like a, a different one every week yeah and i always i always love their posters
0: that's awesome like i i think it just it's like such a small detail of the mm-hmm. comedy universe but it's like very cool it's like you know when you walk into like you would walk into like a record store or like a bookstore and they would have posters of like like tour dates or like shows or festivals that like happened like years ago and you're always like wow I wonder what that was like yeah
1: I like that and then you look at the Cuba Libre ones and you're like I wonder what that was like and it's like Chase bombed on that
0: one that was not a good one (laughs) he told a joke and it echoed off the Gowanus Canal and and, and no one laughed (laughs) yeah and everybody
1: got cancer from it
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's dope though so like I think one thing I've learned for my show is every single time we have barked in everyone who is not a comedian and really? now I know, uh, having a show in a high foot traffic area is the best thing you could do for of a course. budding show. Yeah, and you guys are on the waterfront at that really nice little park yes. kind of area. We get a
1: lot of foot traffic.
0: That's it's awesome. not as much.
1: Your place, I think, is better because it's in like a college area. So there's like a bunch of hip kids walking down.
0: Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. It's like right by, it's on second and St. Mark's, basically. Yeah. Okay. So it's
1: like, I, there's a lot of kids that hang out in that area. A lot of, I feel like, I sound like an old man.
0: <laughs> a lot of, you know, hip youngsters out there that love comedy. <laughs> a lot of
1: kids with big pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you've got a lot of people walking yeah. by that you can like bark in. With us, it's always like people walking their dog. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's comedy. There's
0: like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those are like, it's like a good audience though, because like, Also, like people, especially in that area, they come out there to like eat a sandwich on a bench and watch the sunset for a little bit. No doubt. So they're already there to kind of stay and hang out. They don't have scheduled time. Yeah.
1: The other the other downside though is that we have a lot of kids.
0: We have a lot of like
1: eight year olds that are playing hide and seek, and they'll run in the boathouse during a show.
0: You know, I haven't been to the boathouse itself.
1: It's it's right. It's exactly where it was. It's just inside now.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: It's not by. It is the night of your mic, which is a a lack of foresight. Yeah. on my part.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, when you started, this is actually, it. actually, we're
1: going to get into our rivalry now.
0: No, yeah, because I, I remember when you started it, you were like, "There's like this was like the weirdest time because there are patterns of shows and mics that are still present from this time, but we start our mic." Yeah so many people wanted to be on the mic that we couldn't let everyone on the mic Mm -hmm. and then you and like probably three or four other people were like i'm gonna start something on friday night so people have something to do yeah aside from that one thing we were
1: everybody was just making the runoff wobbly ladder mic (laughs) that's all we were doing i
0: was in full support like literally jessica levin and levi white jessica was like hey like i was thinking about starting like a friday mic up in queens like yeah i just figured a lot of people don't get on this like they could come to that would you guys like it that wouldn't be stepping on your toes at all i was like no please yeah (laughs) Yeah, we want people to stop emailing us yeah exactly it's like we we, i don't want this burden (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to keep saying no to people yeah
1: no i mean yeah it's a good to like you guys had a ton of people come to yours you talked about this on shafi's i'm sure you've talked about it on other ones well but like that was like the beacon during the quarantine
0: I'm glad it was because now it's like a a faded Polaroid of of its It's former glory. It still has
1: like the feeling though. I yeah, it still has like the like the nostalgia. Oh yeah, but yeah, that was a hot spot. That was there every week.
0: Yeah. It's also very hot. Yeah, very hot. Um, On a roof. The the backyard here is so... It's shady. It's perfect. The only downside is mosquitoes because there's a lot of plants back there. Yeah. But now in the uh, email I send to everybody, I give a little mosquito warning at the top. That's nice of you. Wear pants. Wow. It's going to be bad.
1: You could be like, wear pants, because that's a rule of comedy.
0: <laughs> wear what? pants, unless you're a woman, then wear a skirt that goes down to your ankles. <laughs> Maxim's
1: rules of comedy.
0: <laughs> They're the same rules as pioneer Mormons for dress codes. <laughs> <laughs> he just photocopied their book. <laughs> just handed it out to everybody. But yeah, so like during that time of the pandemic, what, what was your show like? Because you started probably, what, early July of 2020, right? Yeah.
1: It was pretty quiet. We would get a lot of walk-by traffic, like you were mm-hmm. saying, and like we would probably get maybe 15 people still that would just walk around, come okay. by. We usually wouldn't... We A lot of comics would show up, but we usually wouldn't sell a lot of tickets. Right. It would be people walking by, hanging out, stop for a few sets. Yeah. Maybe bigger comedians bringing crowds. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, it was just maybe four or five people, especially into the winter. Right. The winter was... Bad. Oh my gosh. What'd
0: you do? We just did the you, show you outside. Just, same time, <laughs> same was, place. Same
1: time, same place. We were doing it like well into forty degrees. It was very bad. Whoa. It was bad, but we still we were doing it though, baby. Jesus. And See, we didn't get to move it inside until like March, I think.
0: Oh my god. That's that is wild cuz yeah. even the open mic here we moved it to Saturday at 2 p.m. so yeah. it could be during the sunlight cuz no. it was so cold. Yeah,
1: we did not. We this was not a
0: planned thing. We were just <laughs> like we're going to keep this and see.
1: I remember people were bringing like hand warmers for everybody. Wow. And we would just be like standing there <laughs> like jersey boys outside of like a flaming <laughs> trash can just slinging yeah. jokes and everybody's like how much time do i have left two minutes <laughs> like i'm gonna freeze <laughs> i'm going to die on stage
0: you're like okay two minutes uh i'm gonna give it back to the room yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. percent when it's
1: 40 degrees you don't want to be doing you, you have know. to hold the microphone so your yeah. hands just
0: freeze dude when david dobbins and i were looking for a spot for a show we were both like indoor only because we want the show to survive the winter yes and now we're at a junction where it's like okay the show's doing well but also if it ever rains we will have zero audience because we bark in the entire audience you'll get like
1: people to come though once you blow it up enough people start seeing it it'll take people
0: from eventbrite in there we had like we've sold like four eventbrite tickets over three shows (laughs) hell yeah and it's just like donation so it's Uh like a like just support the performers you know so I'm sure there's people who see it and go, "This would be fun," and then they're like, "Oh, I don't need. I'm not going to donate this time. Whatever." Yeah, they're just going to go. But we had um we had two people out of the probably like thirty or forty people who have we've barked in two mm-hmm. people that saw the event bright and came. Pretty good ratio. And I was like, "You guys, you're killing it." Like, <laughs> also, the this is crazy. I I feel like I've said this before in this podcast, but the idea that people. Just on like a Tuesday, are like what's going on? And then they go on Eventbrite and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, people want. I think
1: at, since we're comedians, we have things to do all the time, right? And we're also trying to be entertainers, so we're not looking for other forms of entertainment, right? Exactly. People that don't do comedy or like aren't musicians or whatever, they're like, I want to go do. I live in New York City.
0: Mm-hmm. What am I going
1: to do tonight? There are things to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think we. I think at, at least I do. I get disconnected from that
0: totally and i'm yep. like what do
1: people people want to come see me do comedy
0: what because <laughs> i feel like there's there's two things you can do in new york city right okay you can be a full-time comedian hustling grinding it out doing shows doing mics everything else or you just eat food and you drink and that's and what this you podcast feel is bad. about yeah <laughs> just sitting around yeah <laughs> that's like the crux of this podcast i think i think if i if i like i don't feel like this is gonna happen but if like I quit comedy one day, I would be the type who'd be like, let's just go to a show because I just feel like it would mean so much to those comedians.
1: <laughs> You're doing it for them.
0: Now. Yeah. Or if like if I was like, it'd be, it'd be really fun. I feel like this is so far ahead of like our experience level. But if I was someone who was like, really fucking good, yeah. like a Bill Burr type, it would be so fun to go to a bar show and just drop in and watch. Oh, well, you would not, though. I Yeah, I feel like I would not, no, but yeah. like that experience of like dropping in just to watch someone else's bar show and they're fully aware. That they're like, <laughs> I like
1: how <laughs> your fantasy is you being an audience member, but it's still about the feeling you get out of doing hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) it's still about your validation i want to see i want
0: to see open mic level comedians perform while one of their icons is watching yeah because it'll mean something to them (laughs) yeah exactly
1: (laughs) that's so true though because i mean as an open could you imagine even whenever somebody who's a couple steps ahead
0: of you goes to an open mic you're just like oh my god dude There, i'm not gonna say who i'll tell you after but there's one comedian who's Probably one or one and a half years just ahead of me and you. Yeah. And if he's in the crowd, I am performing solely with him in mind. That's a lot Please of pressure laugh. on him. Please laugh. Like, I don't look at him. I'll perform to everybody. But mm. in my mind, I'm like, "You're this is the only reaction yeah. I care about.
1: That's interesting because it's like, it's funny how we put that onus on some people. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're the person to impress, even though
0: sometimes they'll bomb too. And yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's like a thing that's like, I don't know, because I've, like, also, like, at our mic, it's, like, mostly regulars, people who, like, know us and stuff. When mm-hmm. we get a new person, or, like, if there's, like, oh, there's five people we've never met before that we've let on for whatever reason. Yeah. It's like, all right, now i got to do, like, real material. you got to bring it a little bit. Yeah. Because I would hate for them to show up to the mic and be like, I've heard so much about this mic, and then I'm finally on, like, great, and then they see me, and they're like... He didn't tell a single real joke. Oh, fuck that! Come on, <laughs> like it, I'm I'm here for the riffs.
1: I'm here. I come to mics to riff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because I just like bomb a mic, like host a mic. I will bomb up top. And then I will be, I will nail every single riff after the comedians. Oh, I hate that feeling. <laughs> that's such a rough feeling, dude. And I'm like, you guys are walking away knowing I was funny, even yeah. if my set was bad. But
1: not for the reasons I should have been. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I think there's a part of comedy that's like, all my jokes were jokes that I riffed. Yeah. Which makes me feel bad about my writing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't sit down and do this, but I could just do it walking up there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, I, I did this thing the last couple of weeks where I didn't, Actually, do any jokes? Okay, I would just improv on stage. Nice, that's the best. It was crazy how good it could be sometimes, but then also just how shitty it was most of the time. Yeah, but it's kind of like it just—it was going back to like losing your expectations about what you're supposed to be doing, right? And it's like, oh, I'm going to go up there and just try to be funny right now. Yep, and not prepare anything and see what happens. Yeah, but it's sometimes you can get good jokes out of it. Sometimes you just look like an idiot. Yep, seventy-five percent of the time you just look like an idiot.
0: Yeah, I I think it's (laughs) worth it though. I did that for like a, a month yeah last year because i like riffed a set when i was really frustrated one night and Mm -hmm. it went really well and i was like oh, i gotta like connect with like the moment and my emotions yeah and see what i can come up with but i think just going up and just trying to improv a set Mm -hmm. so much anxiety about just doing an open mic like it's like oh no am i gonna say anything (laughs) that's funny But it's good. I think it's like a really valuable experience, like exercise. Yeah, and it's good
1: to see how I've got. There's a big separation between how I am with my written jokes and how I am when I'm improv Okay. People can see that, I think, on stage. People can be like, oh, he wrote that. But then when you improv them, it's like, oh, he's actually believes in that and doing this off the top of his
0: head. Interesting. You like, know what I mean? Well, what's like the big difference there? Sometimes whenever I write a joke, if
1: I've been doing it for a long time, yeah. I know the beats to it. Right. I'm going to say it a certain way because it was written a certain way. Maybe that's just because I'm I'm very fresh in comedy. I don't know how to write them correctly or perform them correctly. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, oh, he just wrote that joke and he's telling us a joke versus, oh, he's coming up with this and he thinks this is really funny. Yeah. And he's letting us in on it. Right, like there's a clear distinction between like maybe how much fun I'm having, mm-hmm. maybe if I believe in it. I don't know. I've just been told that that yeah. like is a it, it's like night and day.
0: Yeah, I I I could totally see that. Like there's jokes. Like I think what's good that I've been doing lately is just like if I, if a joke if I have too many like my rat fuck alley joke, joke. when the when the beats become too clear mm-hmm. and it becomes too recited I like just I like back up and I like tell it as if. I'm like telling these people for the first time. Yes. like, And I try to like get more in my current mood yes. and like engage more.
1: I had this theory and it may just sound like I'm high, but like what's you want to like get into the mindset that you were writing it in. Mm. You wrote the joke because yeah. you thought it was funny. And then whenever you go on stage, you've left that. You're no right. longer in the room that you wrote it in. Right. And you're reading it off of a piece of paper. You want to get back in the mindset of mm. like when you were writing it. yeah, Because otherwise you're just reading a funny joke
0: right yeah that's very true i think like so much with like this is something that uh do you know do you know sasha von d yeah yeah he said something good he's like at the end of the day comedy is just like fundamentally a bunch a bunch of people just hanging out yeah it is. and when you go up on stage it's your turn to hang out and make sure everyone has fun mm-hmm. and we come with that it's like you just have to be like extra present and like it's like show spots like you learn over time that you have to check in with the audience. Yeah. Like you can't just go up and just start doing material unless your material is fucking amazing. Of course, yeah. But like you want to like like address something in the room or mm-hmm. talk to one of them or riff, do a little riff off someone before you to show that like you are there in the moment. Yeah. You, you want to like
1: show the audience that you're part of it. Mm-hmm. Louis CK had that he had a great line once. He was like, There's talking to the audience, he was like, You all have nothing in common other than the fact that you're just sitting in the same direction. <laughs> I always love that. Do you do any crowd work? I've been Ever? trying a lot more recently. Yeah. And it's, I've gotten, anytime my girlfriend sees me do comedy, she's just like, you took that riff for like two minutes. And I was like, is that a good thing? She was like, I don't know. <laughs> but whenever I do, I like doing crowd work because yeah. it gets me in a different mindset for my material. And I saw Brendan Sagalow do this the other day. He did it so perfectly. He, it was all the same jokes I've seen him do, all of his great jokes. Yeah. But he weaved them so perfectly into his crowd work.
0: Oh, it was nice. so
1: seamless. It was, like, just, like, stand-up 101. And, like, I want to get to the point where it's, like, that kind of crowd work. Right. Where people can't tell the difference.
0: Mm. Right now, it's
1: like, oh, that's, there's a thing that I always notice in my comedy. It's like, oh, that's cool. What kind of shirt do you wear? Oh, well, you've been on the dating apps? Here's my dating app bed. Right. Right?
0: Right. It's, like, a hard turn into your bed. Yeah.
1: And, like, people can see it. Mm -hmm. I think about that
0: all the time. It's like a very obvious one. Sometimes it can be funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's almost like a format of crowd work is ask someone a question, ignore the question, do your thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 100% man. It's so easy to do. It's like crowd. It's all about being present. Yeah. You have to ask a person a question be like, that's a crazy answer. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into this a little bit. Right. We're going to talk about this. We're going to have an actual connection here.
0: Mm -hmm. And then I'm going
1: to, I'm going to bring up a story that I thought was kind of funny. That's related to that.
0: Yeah. That's like, who last week on the last week's episode was vanessa jackson she said something i like a lot is crowd work is not just like you ask a question they some- say something and then you need to say something funnier right away yeah you can like listen more yes and take a step back and ask a follow-up and then kind of give yourself more time and then you're kind of relating and then you can build up to like
1: yeah you've just it's all about listening acting improv stand-up comedy
0: mm-hmm. all about
1: reacting and listening yeah have you ever had have you had chris Wakis on the show yet yeah, we, we gave d- me did you do like a hosting thing? No, we covered his uh, rap career. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. He's an incredible rapper. <laughs> but I talked to Chris about hosting a lot. Chris yeah. is an incredible host. Mm-hmm. And he's given me like so many tips on hosting and they're all just about like listening, all yeah. about letting the audience know that you're we're all in the same room. Mm-hmm. He said one thing, and I'm not sure if like it's quoting him or if he quoted somebody else, but a comedy show is like introducing your funny friends and your audience friends.
0: Oh. It's like, "Hey, what's up
1: audience? I you're all here to hang out." And I'm here to show you all these cool people that like I know. Mm. They're going to make you laugh. We're all going to have a really good time together.
0: That's a good mentality. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I like... I,
1: I've got a Google Drive with all the tips in it. <laughs> I can pull it up. What,
0: you just have like an Excel sheet? Like a Google sheet full yeah, of it? Yeah, it's,
1: it's I forgot the title of it. It just says like Hosting 101.
0: Okay, is it a one-inch thick like, packet in a binder? It is, yeah. And it's locked up. <laughs> and yeah, I have to write in it in a number two pencil. Mm, okay, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see what what i'm what I'm finding interesting is like at my show, it's like barking in an audience, like I see them on the street, I've mm-hmm. met every audience member before they go inside, yeah. and this week I got a kick out of it like bringing them into the show they're there everyone's got their drinks they're sitting like okay we're gonna start the show and like you know we do the intro like welcome to the show guys thank you so much for like taking a chance on us in the street this Uh. show is actually called two virgins comedy (laughs) (laughs) and uh i'm maxim he's david and we're the virgins you know (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like this ridiculous premise of a show and like i think we're like navigating like oh when when you get audience like that they're taking a chance on a comedy show how are we going to do do the shortest like bit of like hosting crowd work up mm-hmm. top and just go right into the most like high energy engaging comedian yeah. just to retain that, you know, it's like so much strategy. It's it is strategy. and It's all just about like making people feel comfortable. It's yeah. like welcoming
1: somebody into your house. It's just like, listen, I'm not going to kill you. This is your, this is for a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. Come over. This is going to be fun. You guys are going to have a good. It's so much about telling an audience just like you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing. But it's hard to express that if you're not like experienced,
0: right? Where did you ever so before Cuba Libre? Did you host any mics? Oh, wait, no,
1: I did host a mic, but I did it with another person, okay. so it was like back and forth.
0: So pretty much that was like your first show hosting. Yeah. How did those like early ones go for you guys? Rough, really. At least for me, yeah, I
1: was a very bad host up top. Yeah.
0: Now I'm like getting into it just because I know how to do crowd work a little bit better. Mm. But at first, it was rough. What were what was like your trouble spot?
1: Trouble spot was just like introducing people into a show and like having to host and come back and forth and build energy. Gotcha. There was a host at a mic in Astoria I saw that did a great job of building energy. I'm so bad at it. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I don't want to be the guy that's like, all right guys, we have to clap now. Yeah. Why aren't you clapping? Mm-hmm. But then you have to do that. A little yeah. Bit. Um, I think that still is my biggest, my biggest problem hosting. Mm. And it's, it's just a hard thing to do.
0: Yeah, I I think that's one of the things that I just implicitly understood. Yeah. At like, it at, at Mike's, it was really easy to figure out because everyone knows when to clap. But when I got to sh- start doing shows, like you kind of figure out the prompts you say. Yes. And I've also f- like noticed that when you're like when I host and I put. The, the thing back in the mic stand, yeah. when I start bringing up the next comedian, I start clapping while I'm talking. I do the clap a lot. Yeah, and I then just the like clap. people's brains like, oh, he clapped, me clap, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's some, there is like secrets. People say like you have to clap, you have to get the audience to clap like seven times for them to feel like they're mm-hmm. an audience and they know when to clap. Wow. But I was talking to another host for one of our shows and he was telling me like, just get them to learn when to clap. Right. It doesn't even have to be like they have to clap together. Just make it their job. Right. Don't make it your job anymore. They'll understand what they're doing at one point. Right. Just
0: put it on them. Right. I do like I just do like the very easy cues. It's like, all right, come next to the stage. We have a wonderful comedian. They're on so and so. Everyone please give it please like give a warm welcome to blah blah yeah. blah. And then when they get off stage, just like, oh, give it up one more time for them. Like I do the give
1: it up one more time a lot. They just it's That's a good one. It's, I do. You I should.
0: For all the people listening, I'm
1: waving my hand in a circle right now. Yeah. Whenever I bring people up, I wave my hand in a circle. Oh, really? I'm just like, all right, let's <laughs> let's start
0: clapping everybody. Okay. I'll do yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I do. I just do the clap. Yeah. Like, at the mic stand, it's but, just
1: so it's, it's. Oh, I also point. Lee said you point. a lot. You do point a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Lee called me out after we did Wobbly Ladder. Mic for like like three or four months. She was like, you just are up there, and the impression of you is just pointing on cue is what it is yeah
1: because you'll be like all right everybody give it up for your next comedian and you'll point like on cue every time yeah
0: it's like you clap for them it's a good move
1: it's
0: a good move (laughs) i think i wish
1: i had that move it's very just the (laughs) little
0: finger lasso yeah yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) that's what i'm doing I'm, I'm lassoing up those applause breaks.
0: Are you gonna be funny to go to Party City and get one of those sticks with the hands on it, the clapper <laughs> sticks, and just like shake that. All right, everybody. I'll get maracas.
1: Wouldn't that be crazy? Like it's a, you turn a comedy show into like a baseball game and you give them like those bam sticks whenever they walk in. <laughs> uh, a v- vuvuzela, like Vavuzula. the soccer <laughs> horn. <laughs> I want to do that at my show. I'm going to start doing like be the first ten people to buy tickets to Cooper Libre this week. You get a free bobblehead of Chase Shanahan. You get a tiny baseball bat.
0: Oh my gosh! Can you imagine doing a uh, limited run of bobbleheads? You print ten of them, and it's like nine hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> totally not worth it.
0: <laughs> you have to get someone to like custom three D model this thing yeah. in like Solid Works. And the
1: problem is, like, you can get nine hundred of them for fifty dollars, but if you get
0: ten of them, it's nine hundred. It's like yeah. business cards. <laughs> Like, this is this was totally worth it. I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, we made so much money back on this.
0: <laughs> we're actually, uh we're we're debating what kind of merch we want to get for the show. Yeah, and I, I. I re- i'm a sticker guy so i'm gonna make two virgins stickers but oh, my fear is that no one will put them anywhere because it's it says two virgins on people
1: it people put stickers places our
0: google account got flagged because virgins is in the oh, title oh yeah and we had to prove that it was a real account but it's it's all good now i'm glad i'm glad you went through that but it was uh a little concerning uh because <laughs> me and david were cracking up about the name like, this is so dumb it's, it's hilarious. pretty funny and then we were like, oh, no, we have to interface with, like, business owners to get a shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have to be okay that the name is this. Yeah, you know? and people are going to
1: walk into their bar and be like, hey, what's going on downstairs today? And they're just like, uh, two virgins comedy.
0: Yep. Can I get you a drink? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, don't actually go down there.
0: Dude, it's like, the the name is funny, and, like, it... One thing I appreciate is we have this like background theme of like virginity, so it's just easy like crowd work up top. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like last last time, I was like, "Dave, what's the most virgin thing you've done this week?" And he got to name some. We picked some in the crowd and asked them, and it's like just like yeah, you have a you have a topic for the show. Exactly. So it's like it's dumb, and we're gonna definitely do some of the same jokes over and over about it. But if the audience leaves, new audience every week,
1: come on, forget about it. Exactly. Just like they will, (laughs) we'll be
0: fine. So it's like, it's, it's so fun. I don't know. And like, you're right about just like running your a weekly show. It's just like you always have a spot to perform. Mm-hmm. And like last summer when I was doing Little Panda with Lee, that one was just like an outdoor show, yeah. And that one just hurt my spirit because it was just like <laughs> I was always carrying the shit to the spot. Yeah. And then we get to the spot, I got to set up, I got to do yeah, photography. Yeah, stick with the panda on it. Yeah. And oh my god, and just like the will they, won't they have an audience yeah. every single time? Oh man, it just I was never uh, chill enough about it to yeah. be like I can give myself ten minutes. It's going to be good. Now it's like oh, I just got to carry the speaker to the place, set yep. up, move the tables, and then everything is. Fine, and it's
1: also inside too, which I think helps a lot.
0: Surprisingly, yeah, yeah. for some reason, <laughs> it helps so much. It's almost like they've been doing comedy indoor for a reason, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four <laughs> walls
1: makes comedy, I think. Four walls is what does it. Dimitri I... Martin said the best rooms for comedy are the worst in a fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm, uh, the room my show is in would be terrible in a fire, terrible in a fire. Yeah. Tables everywhere, they're <laughs> heavy too, everyone's tripping over each other, yeah, yeah. but it's like. Doing it outside, I think, was so fun because there's an element of like chaos and surprise, mm-hmm. and there's always room to riff on somebody or something for sure that has rolled through the middle of the show. Yeah, there's a know? lot of distractions.
1: It could be like a good thing or a bad thing, I think. Right. Cause you the ones in Central Park or not Central Park in Prospect Park you would do, there would always be like nine birthday parties. Oh. Oh, I was so pissed. you'd have Ed Sheeran on one side, you would have <laughs> Dua Leap on the other. Yep. It would just there was
0: so much going on. It was like It was really, really bad. And we moved it to the waterfront in Dumbo. And then it was just weddings. It was weddings, (laughs) engagement photos. And then it's like you got the Q train and then you got the ferry and then you got helicopters that are
1: the Q train was much louder than I expected, too. Really
0: loud. Yeah. And like the helicopters were always flying over the East River. I'm like, oh, do you guys just do laps? That's their beat. So that was like all those factors combined with is anyone here actually going to stop and listen (laughs) just made it not, not the best. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It's definitely an experience though. But also like, I think the, the upside, like, especially like a spot like yours, right? Friday night, it's in the summer, it's warm. It's in a great spot to sit. Like if you just bring a couple beers, after the show, before the show, it's just a good hang. Yeah,
1: that's how we kind of treat our show. Yeah. We have audience members that will hang out with us afterwards. Nice. Just because we have drinks there. People bring food. Whoa. We had people bring a cheese board a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, dude, it was so much fun. They We have the most like generous audience, it seems
0: like. That's sick.
1: They'll like, share it with the comedians that are on stage at the moment. <laughs> it's incredible it's really incredible we're very lucky
0: that's amazing and so you're these are like people who live in the neighborhood who are like returning
1: yeah people that live in the neighborhood people that live in the building that we do it in we have people through like Eventbrite, maybe five Mm. six people that come through they get tickets that's sick no yeah we're we're it's we're very lucky to be in the situation that we are we're just really getting it together right now i think
0: and that's like such a good spot too oh it's popping man it's Mm. it's
1: that is one i lived in park slope for a year it's just so many great restaurants bars it's a beautiful neighborhood it's close to the trains. Just, it's a great place to just go to a show. I'm just plugging the show now. Yeah, it, It's a great place just to spend a Friday night <laughs> to spend $5 on a ticket just to and keep support my tickets. dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got this Cuba Libre t-shirt.
0: You've got a t-shirt now? Oh, okay. You should. <laughs> well,
1: we should, yeah. I think people get the wrong idea.
0: We want to get something that said "I'm with the Virgin" and they're just arrows pointing. Oh, that'd be at each so other. cool! <laughs> you just
1: you all that'd be so you just wear them every time. Oh
0: my god, yeah. It, just. <laughs> <laughs> we also I, I forgot what I was like. I was joking uh, with David before we even started the show about like I I made a joke about like pedestrian rights. Yeah, and we're like that would be like a really cool shirt to get and like. Like navy blue with like white text, and uh-huh. just says pedestrian rights in the front. So as we're barking people down, they think we're like trying to get them to sign a petition. That is so something. much fun. That'd be
1: you're like those people that get really into that thing. Like it'd be always like a 50
0: year old man wearing a shirt like that. Yep. That like a, a <laughs>
1: car goes over the curb. He's like, hey.
0: Yep. Exactly that. And it's just like it's just a vibe. I don't know. Also, I like
1: themed shows a lot.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's just something to like having like a, a through thread. Have you seen Lee's show, Who Hurt You?
1: I've I've not been to it, okay. but I know about it.
0: Yeah, so they do they do three comics. Mm-hmm. They book everyone does ten, and then they get five more minutes after they're set. Chris goes, "Who hurt you?" See, I love that. They get five minutes. It does. It can be material, or it can just be whatever. Mm-hmm. And people often just riff about a very real thing that hurt them, but yeah. they'll like f- like make it kind of funny as they yeah. go, and it's it, like very cool.
1: It breaks the monotony of stand up a lot. There was a show yeah. that is like defunct now because it was at the Creek in Queens. But it was a show where you had to do anything but stand-up comedy. It would be comedians that would do anything but stand-up comedy. Whoa. And one of them, my favorite one, is it's Joe Parra and Dan Licata. And they're just singing Neil Young's Harvest Moon, but they would just break dinner plates while they were singing it. (laughs) It's one of the best things on YouTube right now. It's incredible
0: that's awesome that's such a fun idea for a show too especially booking comedians to not do comedy. yeah get
1: comedians to do anything but a set so good yeah it just breaks the monotony it's fun for comedians to do something different it's fun for audiences to not go see a fucking Mm stand-up show
0: i think one thing that has really um been great in like stand-up shows is like when anyone incorporates any amount of music Mm -hmm. into a stand-up show like um, God, what's his last name? Is it Phil Risden? Yeah. When he has the the jazz band? Yeah. They, so for the audience, he has this like show. It's weekly. Lots of people come to it. And they have like a jazz band, like upright bass, dude with a guitar, dude with like, I don't know, like some drums. Yeah. And they just, before the show they're just jamming and during the show like comedians will like love let them just jam during their sets That's so cool and it's like such a fun element that just it makes it different it's kind of like
1: the poster thing again you're you're making yeah. comedy multimodal it doesn't have to be it makes it just like kind of like a vaudeville thing kind of like a variety show thing right you get multiple things in this and it kind of like creates a picture in your mind of what comedy could be
0: yeah exactly it's like at the end of the day it's like yeah, we're all like serious stand-up comedians, but like in the scope of what an audience is coming to see, they yeah. just want to be like entertained. We're just entertaining people. Yeah. That's all we're doing.
1: We are we're entertainers, or at least we're trying to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like just adding like little things in there just to keep it spiced up. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It's like it's that's going back to like creating lineups. You don't want the same like monotone dude talking mm. the entire night. You want to get somebody who maybe does something musical. You want to get somebody who does one-liners. Mm-hmm. You want to get a bunch of people doing different things. Because then the audience isn't just like, oh, this is
0: what stand-up comedy is. Right, exactly. I've been like, like I'm going to ask you in a sec, but like one thing I've been keeping in mind is um, like the energy levels of everyone I'm booking. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we got three people who are like middle to low energy. We definitely need a high energy person. Yeah. Like, even though those three people are excellent, we need someone to rope them in, you know? I think about that a lot. So what kind of stuff do you, when you're booking your show, what do you look for? I look for just... Not me? <laughs> <laughs> i was was gonna i was gonna get to it um no i look for just like comedians
1: i like comedians that i want to know comedians Mm -hmm. who like i who inspire me Mm -hmm. and then i also look for like different energies too like you kind of said yeah i kind of look for just okay we've got two dudes who just are like storytellers yeah just say like jokes i want to get people maybe like a musician who has jokes Mm. or like does like musical jokes i just said that like i just learned about what it was. <laughs> He's like want- a musician who does jokes too. <laughs> what do you call those people? And then like maybe just somebody who's like loud, somebody who's mm. quiet. You, I I like making it different. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun because your audience isn't going to be homogenous. Right. You want to please everybody there. And if you have a little bit of everything for everybody,
0: you might get closer. Totally. I totally agree. I've been like thinking about like, I, well, like booking for, there's so many considerations. And this is one of the stressful things I feel like I've learned just having a show for like a month is like one, you want to book all your friends, but if you book all your friends, like you're not going to get it like audiences to come out. Like you need to get some bigger people. Yeah. You need to shake it up. Like you need to like, if I booked all my friends, people would be like, there's a lot of dudes on this lineup. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you got to like shake it up. Like, we're committed to like two men, two women, try to like mix it up for diversity. Yeah,
1: I try to do the same thing,
0: try to keep our friends in the loop and like get them spots when we can. But also, it's crazy because it's like, oh, when you think about how many friends you have that you want to book and how many comedians you want to book, it's like, oh, there's people I'm close to that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get to you for like four or five months with yeah. just a weekly show. This is insane. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I mean, I'm generally like unbothered by it. Okay. Because I have no soul.
0: <laughs> but it's, no I'm
1: unbothered because I mean there are shows around here and like yeah. I think we all kind of get it like if I, I've gotten to the point I was really like reaching out to people and stuff a couple months ago mm-hmm. i'm just like there are so many shows they don't need to book me i'm fine yeah. i'm doing good on my own mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything if they don't book me they have a comedy show and right. they want people to come and i'm gonna bomb on purpose on their show really.
0: <laughs> so of course they're not gonna want me back right. afterwards. <laughs> see i i feel like i'm like if people book me i'm like it's like a little extra treat but now that i have my own show and it's going decently i'm yeah. like okay this this feels good though because yeah when people are like oh they have a good show it's like oh that's basically what i like the same validation is like sure. doing another one you i get know? that
1: yeah and it's just like i think having your own show just makes you feel good about being a comic you're just like okay this feels like what a comedian does this feels right. like a comedian has a show that his friends come on or her friends come on or or their friends come on right whatever your friends whoever your <laughs> friends are um it feels good just to like be a part of the community it's really you putting your foot down and and just being a part of the comedy community. Totally. Instead of just being somebody who happens to partake in it.
0: Right. It's like going from, I call it like the, uh, I don't know. The, so there's like, you know, there's like a, when you're just an open mic or just a comedian and you don't have a mic or a show or any other, like, I call them resource. Mm-hmm. You're kind of. This is like a game of Catan. Yeah, very much so. It's very <laughs> like, as a comedian, what are you bringing to the community? You are bringing your jokes and maybe your hang. hmm and so if people book you, they're like, they're doing a favor for you almost exclusively, unless you're the funniest fucking person they've ever seen, you yeah. know? But once you start giving back and you say you host a mic or you host a show or whatever, now you have a resource that you're actually putting energy back into the community aspect.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with and that.
0: And it's like, you you kind of figure out that give and take relationship. And I think per, like hosting a mic makes you a better open Mm micer hosting a show makes you a better comedian and like person on a show like you just get the perspective because like when you're an open micer, you don't get booked a lot and like if you're doing the thing where you're sending out tapes to everyone Mm -hmm. you're like why aren't they responding why aren't they responding like some people like they just don't hit me back up don't say anything then if you produce a show and then people start blowing you up with those messages you're like oh (laughs) there's a reason they don't watch it yeah
1: like if you're listening to this i've probably sent a tape to you (laughs)
0: Yeah. At this you did, point, how many? You've sent a lot of tapes. I send
1: a lot of tapes. Yeah, I think I, I'm just trying to perform more. I'm trying to get people to. You
0: know, okay. You know, and I'm also wearing a
1: nice outfit in my
0: tape. So <laughs> I like. I've never sent a tape. I think I did it one time, because someone someone got me a spot on a Zoom show that their friend mm. ran, and their friend was like, "Hey, just have to see a tape real quick," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, here." But I haven't sent tapes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I just like I call it the levels of bullshit okay you're if you're an open mic or comedian you have a certain level of bullshit you got to deal with right just getting spots on a mic hoping you get you get booked like just general stuff as an open mic host you have new levels of bullshit which is like interesting people like hitting you up like one of my pet peeves if i host an open mic and i post about it just dm me say hey do you hey man do you have a spot or can i get a spot on this like Easy. There's some people who will type out like a fucking paragraph, and I'm like, yo, just say you want a spot. Yeah, can I got a spot on this? Right. it's so it's like, then you got that level of bullshit. Then you got people who are like, oh, I need to go up early and like stuff, which isn't a big deal usually, yeah, but it's usually not. You get like open mic host kind of bullshit. And then when you're a show producer, you get the biggest level mm-hmm. because it's then it's like people are like hanging out, or like, there's a dude who I've literally never heard of or seen anyth- anything. He comes to the first show two Mm -hmm. virgins comes up the stairs walks right up to me shakes my hand goes hey i'm so-and-so i'm a comedian i would love to do the show sometime and i was like okay nice meeting you first one and then he leaves and i was like oh so i've never met you i've never fucking seen you you work here like yeah and then (laughs) you don't even stay for the show it's like what was the point of you introducing yourself like if i see you again I won't even recognize you. And I'll probably be like, yo, that was a weird thing he did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, At at some point, it feels like you want to show people that you also enjoy watching comedy. Right. Because I mean, doing a show is mostly watching comedy. Right. You're going to be on stage for 10 minutes. Yeah. The other 50 minutes or whatever, how long a show is, (laughs) you're just going to be sitting there. Yeah. So like to show people that you enjoy what you're doing. Um, The one, the one bullshit thing that I hate, and this may just be a personal (laughs) thing because I know comedians do this. Is like just waiting for people to show up for the show. At my show, uh. the int- unless everybody's there, it's me standing outside the doorway, just like <laughs> just looking down the road where the subway is, oh, and just like yeah. waiting for people in the sun.
0: Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This okay. I'm I'm a I'm, i am i am have a joke about this now, but I'm like hyper punctual. Yeah. And as a show producer, my thing is is even when I was like doing photography and stuff. I'm going to be, whatever show I'm on, I'm going to be there 30 minutes before the flyer time. Yeah. Because I want the producer to know, at the very least, you don't have to worry about where I am. Yeah. I, I hate
1: being late to places. Yeah.
0: It's the worst. Yeah. Like comedians who are like, oh, I'll, I'll just come in like 15 minutes before my spot. Like, when am I going up? And yeah. you are like, I'm, yeah, I don't yeah, know. We, we don't 40 know. minutes? I don't, I don't know, know who's here,
1: who's going to be here first, honestly. Right. Yeah. So it's hard for me to make that call yeah but that's one thing you gotta it's producing a show is like doing comedy you've just got to be like super present you've got to roll with the punches Mm. like this person's here they're going up cool this person's not coming i'm gonna do 15 instead of 10 right now i guess yeah
0: one thing we we're doing too is we're doing uh raffle guest spots very fun so if you're a comedian and you show up before the show starts yeah like, we'll put your name in a raffle where I just put it into a list randomizer. Yeah. And we pulled the top two people, and they each get five minute guest spots. Very fun. Kind of towards the end before the headliner. And it's like, I, I just, I did that because I, I feel guilty about um, <laughs> just like, I, if you send me a tape, 99% of the time, I will leave you on red. Uh-huh. I don't care. If I don't know you in person and I don't like want you at my show, yeah. like I'm not thinking about booking you. Sure, That's yeah. just like the truth. There's there's so many
1: comedians. It's very easy just to get people out of your radar. Right. You have you, since we are around people at open mics, we have probably a circle of 50 people that are in our immediate right. like sight. Yes. Like this is a person I want to put on a show. Once you get out of that, it just gets kind of weird. And, yeah, like, you don't know what their is like. I saw them one or two times. I don't know who they are. Yeah. Or like just it's nothing like the way I see. it always feels like I'm being very cold, but at the same time it's like I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's like true like to be honest it's like yeah, right. I've got these like 50, maybe 100 people that I can speak for and be like, "Oh, I've seen these people at mics. I can guarantee how their set is going to go." Yeah. And additionally, I also like them as people. Yeah. And it's like if you a stranger who DMs me on Instagram, and sends me a tape, thinks I'm going to pick you over someone that yeah. I like, actually really love and want to have in my show, it's like, that's like a disconnect. Yeah, there. it is like a
1: disconnect. It's funny, right now we sound like whenever like millionaires are talking
0: back to like people on Twitter. Yeah.
1: But what do you mean? How am I supposed to feed my
0: family and pay for all their cars? You know what I mean? And I'm like, listen, I feed two families for five (laughs) minutes every week. Okay. I don't have to feel bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's what it feels like. But I mean, it's like, it's a weird thing because it's just so, I was talking to somebody about this. It was like, um, there's so many comedians. Right. There's so many of them. Yeah. And I just, it'd be so hard to get everybody. And then also people coming into town. You've got like people are just like, "Hey, I'm in yeah. from Indianapolis. Can I get a spot?" And you're just like, "I can. I want to because you're only going to be here for a couple weeks, right?" But like we already made the lineup. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it's like there's also like the role of like, what kind of show do you want to have in the greater comedy community? Yeah. Like for me, it's like I want to have a show where I can get my friends on and have a good chill show. It's always a good time. Yeah. And I also want to give like the guest spot thing is also like I just want to leave part of it up to chance. Like if you came and watched Whoa. the show, it's I want like to comedy. give you. <laughs> If you came and watched, I want to give you just, like, an opportunity to just get up and do five. Yeah. Because it's better than, like, you weaseling up to me and be like, hey, can I get on this? <laughs> it's like, are you on the flyer? No. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's just... I I just want to balance out the karma of that a little bit. That's interesting. The comedy <laughs> karma I've heard yeah. that talked about before. Interesting. I haven't really, really.
1: Yeah, I've heard that at a mic before. Okay. You build up your good comedy karma by like hanging out at mics late, mm. by like paying whenever like before the mic. Yes, and you get good things in return.
0: I'd say I definitely believe in that. I I generally because every mic I go to is run by my friends. Mm-hmm. I stay to the. end. You're going to hang out with them. Yeah, I'm going to stay to the end of almost every mic. Yeah, you know. And when when there's people um, like who I don't know who stay to the end of one of those mics, yeah. it's like oh nice like it just cool, shows like cool you're move. there. I always like yeah. I think
1: that watching a lot of comedy has been super helpful with me. Yeah, because even if it is like open mic comedy, my, one of my creative writing teachers he said like one of the you can read really good literature and figure out what good literature is, but you're not going to figure out what bad literature is. Right, You gotta watch some good comedy and some bad comedy just mm. so you can get it all in your head and you can identify these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's super helpful. Totally. And staying through the entire mic helps with that. because mm-hmm. You just see a bunch of people.
0: Yeah, I think there's like well, what I thought was interesting you mentioned earlier is when you went to the open mic for the first time you see open micers and you see someone that's like not good you're like okay, I could do this, yeah, you know? There,
1: it's like, it's that audience member, near, my creative writing teacher, also talked about having a bullshit meter. Mm-hmm. And like you, everybody, if you know what you're doing, you have a bullshit
0: meter. Right.
1: And it's so easy to slip into it. Mm-hmm. You can be like, that is bullshit. Yeah. That's bad. You shouldn't have done that. Right. And then you know when something's good. It's like whenever you see a bunch of open micers on a lineup and then a really good comedian. Yeah. It's like, there's such a palpable difference. Yep. <laughs> between like, even if like an open micer is very good, even if comedian's really great, between them and somebody who's professional. Yeah. You can feel it. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, oh, sh- I didn't know I could be that good.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, there's like sometimes you're at a mic and you, like, you just, for some reason, there's a credited comedian there, like a really good person. And it's just like, you see them and you're just like in awe. You're like, what am I doing with
1: myself? Yeah, and then you see their side and you're like, oh, shit, that's what comedy is.
0: Yeah. They, like, I, uh, yesterday, this was fun. I went to a mic and like the first three people in a row, didn't move the mic stand Ugh. like the most awkward microphone pull out and in the core instead of just asserting the mic stand and moving it it's yeah. like the like you pull the mic out and it's tangled in the stand but you don't touch the stand <laughs> yeah it's
1: like it's almost like if you move something rigid you won't tangle it up but if you move something that is a wire that's going to get tangled 100 yeah. percent, it's going to get tangled
0: exactly up. so just like three people in a row i was like okay you guys are like super new like <laughs> it's just how it is you know it's like kind of fun <laughs> it's fun it's
1: fun because like you remember when you did that and you're yeah. just like oh shit
0: it took me so long to figure out how to yep. do that
1: and now i'm watching it and it's almost like second nature
0: yeah And it's also crazy when you start because you're looking to everybody as if they're better than you mm-hmm. generally and you're looking up to these people and you're like oh they do all these things that, like i gotta figure out i gotta find my place yeah and then once you get more experience it's like suddenly you're looking back on people who are newer mm-hmm. and you kind of learn like from watching brand new comedians, you learn things almost like not to do in a way because the error becomes so much more obvious to the audience Mm -hmm. where it's like, like uh, one, that one thing always cracks me up is when a newer comic makes a joke and goes, "Uh, and I uh, forgot to write a transition, but uh, how about this or whatever? It's like, Oh, being better at comedy, like once you get further, it's like, oh, no one is sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for your transition. Yeah, nobody was really listening. You can even just change jokes and we yeah. wouldn't even notice. I think Daniel Tosh had a
1: bit about that in <laughs> really? one of those albums. It was just two crazy different jokes. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I wasn't at the fucking mall. You just get to the next show. You <laughs> yeah. want to hear it. <laughs> Fuck your segment.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's like, and one thing also is like, um, I sit in on a mic at, at the end of a mic to do one of my like shows. I do like this live podcast show thing. And at the end of the mic, I'll see like new comedians go up and they'll do like a whole narrative arc, yeah. right? Where they're like, oh, my whole five minutes all has to be one chunk of yeah. like my story. Man, I wish I could do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I, this is like, it's funny because if you've ever written five minutes at once, mm-hmm. none of it is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you have to, whenever I do like long stuff, it's always like, I'm going to do three mics, listen back. Oh, I wrote one good line. Yeah. And now I have to like, comedy for me is like building the sandcastle. Yeah. Because you build it up, the waves come and knock down everything but the base. You have to build it up again until you have like a full thing again. Yeah. And it's like every time you do comedy, it's like I write maybe three pages of stuff. Mm -hmm. I try it all out. This one line and this one premise came out of it. And now I have to go back and write around those
0: two things. Yep. Or like I, I'm always sad if I have to let a chunk go because I'm like, <laughs> like oh this is like this is a funny thing, but I haven't figured this out. But like the other two thirds are great, so I have yeah. to drop the part that I feel like adds some good flavor yep. and context, but it's not like 100%. doing it, you know. One hundred percent. It's it's such a like a it kicks
1: you in the balls, but after you do it enough times, it's like oh we got to do it, get it out of there. Yeah, got to kill your darlings, just like yep. Faulkner or whatever. <laughs> Forgot who it was.
0: It's like it, I think it, like the tragedy is like. Is you come to grips with just the idea that all of your jokes are just like temporary to mm-hmm. who you are as a person right now. Yeah. And also when you write something that you think you're excited about, if it's not good, you just you just have to let it go. Yeah. You know?
1: It's gotta be good. It's gotta be good because you're gonna if it's good, you're gonna keep being excited about it. Right. I think Stephen King talked about it. He was like, Don't write things down immediately. He was like, if it's a good idea, you're gonna remember it.
0: Mm. Which is a hot take.
1: But he also writes a book a yeah <laughs>
0: He just remembers a book a minute. (laughs) (laughs) He probably remembers 10. (laughs) See, one thing I like, I definitely like, when I started doing photography, I kind of learned the same thing and kind of back applied that to comedy. Like there was one time I was sitting on East Broadway in like the Lower East Side, right? We're eating out at this table and there's like this freaking like, like thousand person like convoy of kids on bikes mm-hmm. just like cycling through the city like seriously they were riding by us for like 10 minutes right wow. they're all doing wheelies and doing crazy stuff and jumping over stuff so I get out my camera and I'm trying to get pictures of them doing wheelies because it's like a perfect like frame but Like yeah. it, it looks awesome and they all ride by I'm done, I got a bunch of shots like 15 shots or something like that and then I realized that I had auto focused on them so if I focus on them and they ride forward and yep. then I take the picture they're out of focus yep. and I was like I lot these are all great shots that are all blurry. And I just realized, like, that's just like part of the art It's just like shit. You, you're going to see it. If you get it, you get it. If you yeah, don't, it's going to keep trying. It's just, yeah,
1: just do a bunch of stuff. See which one sticks. If you got a great photo out of that, then maybe like the other 14 sucked. Yeah, you're not going to worry about the other 14. You got one out of it. Exactly. And nobody's going to ask about all the other photos you yeah. took. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like doing stand up. If you go to an open mic and you try five minutes and you get 30 seconds out of it, you do that 30 seconds at a show. Nobody gives a shit about the four minutes and 30 seconds that you bombed on
0: at a mic the night before. You, it'd be funny. Like, you had this one joke. I was just thinking it'd be really funny. You you did this joke at Wobbly Ladder forever ago about not having a tree house, having a gravel house. Yeah. I was like, like imagine just doing like a quick bit, like yeah, I didn't have a tree house as a kid. I had a gravel house in my driveway, and then like an audience raises their hand, like how big was it? Like, do you have more jokes about the? What what, what color was the gravel house? Do you have like a joke about this? Like,
1: the one uh, I just imagine like one person at an open mic that you hate shows up at all your shows. It's like, hey, where's the other two and a half minutes of that? yeah remember how you bombed terribly
0: last week where'd that go oh my oh someone that always follows you at an open mic and then just does the material that you threw out last Uh, week. that's funny i like that (laughs) just to remind you i always
1: had the idea i was talking to somebody about this just like going to an open mic and just doing the last person's whole set (laughs)
0: verbatim (laughs) just going up and like hey guys what's up I mean, you probably remember this too, because uh, back in Boulder, there was times when it was like we would we could do people's sets verbatim. Yeah, yeah. you know
1: exactly. You hear the first word, and you're like, "Oh, I love this one."
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love this entire set. We had like there would be like nights where it'd be like, oh, one of the mic hosts is like out. This person has to host." So that person that's guest hosting is like, "All right, I'm not them, but I'm going to do their material." <laughs> <laughs> Just like I like, I shouldn't know. 30 to 40 minutes of other comedians material. Like that's the kind of fun part about seeing
1: so many comics though, is that you kind of, you learn all these fun jokes that like people do.
0: Yeah. I like, I feel like a lot of people have like, like a, a joke that they're associated with almost yes like people have like it's their hot pockets jokes. yeah <laughs>
1: they're what it's their hot pockets
0: <laughs> in what way like jim gaffigan
1: his oh. hot pockets joke that's like his big thing whenever like
0: i thought you were implying the company that makes hot pockets has tons of products but only people only care know that about as the well. hot
1: pockets <laughs> no it's like whenever <laughs> i think of jim gaffigan i'm just like oh hot pockets mm. or like uh like seinfeld like pop tarts well jim Gaffigan hot pockets just sounds good because it's yeah syllables yeah um but that's whatever i say whenever i see somebody do like one of their iconic jokes mm. i'm like oh that's their hot pockets
0: for you right now the joke that i'm like associate like i always remember gravel house i know i don't I even loved, know if you I do love it because the gravel house to me is just like such a sad thing yeah and, but it's so funny it's So
1: everybody in my neighborhood had trios.
0: it's so it, i love that one but also your bit about blacking out and how it's just See, like stop doing that one too really
1: audiences get real sad at though oh which uh, is sad
0: because <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of like when you fall asleep in the car and you wake up in your bed and it's like your kid again that's like, what it feels like right it's like it's so smart yeah, and it's like thank you i think it's really funny it's funny that the audiences get sad at it because yeah. comedians are like hilarious i need i need to
1: work on it then just because i think it's hilarious because it's it's just like that but instead of just like sleeping in the car it's me, like, puking over a balcony. Yeah. And I don't remember any of it. And then I just wake <laughs> up in the shower.
0: Yeah. I think, like, when, when you start, <laughs> if you say, I have a drinking problem up top, you're going to turn the you're audience. You're going to turn them sour immediately. Yeah. I think it's just, like, I think if you just, like, kind of go right into the comparison. Yeah. of Like, you know, you guys were blacked out. Like, or I've only, like, like um, I don't, like, you know, when I was younger, I used to drink a lot more. Like, in college, I definitely would black out often. I only black out, like, once a year. I just do it for the memories or something. Like, I just love this feeling of, like, this. And you go to the joke. Yeah,
1: I just do it for the memory. Blacking up for the memories is a really funny, like, is, it, it's a, is that an oxymoron or is that just, like, an ironic
0: That, that is actually kind of funny. Yeah, to think yeah. about. I, I like blacking out for the memories. You, you can the ones take that, that I that. lost. You can take that.
1: Yeah. I like blacking out to lose the memories. But it's
0: also like, it's like if a comedian goes up on stage and does, does a joke about, like, oh, yeah, I used to be, like, a heroin addict and here's this funny thing versus, oh, I am a heroin addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure is a funny thing oh no, yeah like, i just noticed it turned people sad a lot so i'm i'm yeah. workshopping
1: i'm doing like three stories right now whoa yeah i'm trying to get those off the ground I'm trying to pitch these right now
0: i feel like i feel like i just do stories as just like a bomb that ends with one joke i don't that's what I've, stories are
1: okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> stories are so hard i did a storytelling show a couple weeks ago oh yeah and it was just rough
0: what, was it, what story did you tell?
1: I had this neighbor back in Arkansas who has, uh, he has a social media, so I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. But I had this neighbor, <laughs> and he was like a crackhead, and he was just the wildest fucking dude. I okay. remember the day that I, I, may have done it at your mic, the day I met him, he just had his door wide open. We, like, lived on a corner, so mm-hmm. his door was right here, mine was right here, and his door was wide open, and he was just playing porn on his laptop facing the open door. <laughs> And he just like came out of nowhere. He's like the 65-year-old Vietnam vet. And he was like, hey, man, what's up? How are you? Like, should talk his hand out to me. And I was Mm. like, I don't want to touch your hand, but I mean, it's good to meet you or whatever. (laughs) But then he would just keep like knocking on my door like late Mm -hmm. at night, just asking for like a plunger or something. And I don't know. He was a weird guy. He also wrote a book that he would hawk like on the bar street. Whoa. (laughs) This is a crazy man. I talked about that for 10 minutes. Bombed. Mm. But I mean, I just had a little little tiny riffs in there.
0: That's good. That storytelling's hard. Yeah. It's like, like I feel like it just we're also so trained to have a quick turnaround, you mm-hmm. know, versus a story from like your youth or like years past. When that was happening to you, you weren't like, "How can I turn this into a tight ten minute yes. thing?" You were just like, "This is just what happened to me." Yeah, let me just say what happened out loud. You and know? like
1: if you're telling a story to your friends, it's like, "Oh, I know who you are. I know the kind of shit you get into." Right. So like, you can just tell the story to me. When you're telling it to an audience, they don't know any of that, mm. so you have to make it for the audience.
0: Right. You were like, oh, yeah, I just live next to this crackhead. Um, no, I I don't do crack. That's not why I live next yeah, to this. You've get, like, you've <laughs> yeah, you've got to tell them
1: everything about it. Yeah. It's like... not just like talking to your friend who knows you.
0: Right. That makes sense. And I think that's like so much of the... Um uh comedy also like when you first start comedy people are like oh you're funny oh you have funny stories whatever and then you yeah. start doing stand-up and you're like oh yeah i uh suck at this <laughs> yeah right i think now. that's yeah. everybody
1: when they start out you'll hear people whenever you go to your first open mics where it's mm-hmm. like some dude's just like oh i got the craziest story yeah it's like uh it's good to, it's gonna fucking rip it and it's like it's not dude <laughs> no this story was so much more fun where you were telling it to your friends
0: yeah exactly it wasn't even that funny then <laughs> they were humoring you yeah
1: it's not gonna be that funny i got the story dog <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so we've actually gone pretty over time but i i end with the typical question that i'm gonna ask you oh shit so in your uh comedy journey is there a theme or a lesson that you've stuck to not necessarily in your content but is there something that you tell yourself when you wake up and like do stand-up every day Hey, yeah, I don't do stand up every day. Oh, well, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> um, it's probably to do stand up every day.
0: What, what, what's your motivating thing? My
1: motivating thing? I just want to be like really good at it. I think. I think whenever I get up on stage, I try to, or maybe not even when I get up on stage, I try to like wake up and be like, what are you going to do to make yourself a little bit funnier today? Mm. Or like to make yourself better at this thing, whether it be writing, whether it be watching a special, whether it be doing a set. I don't know. I think I'm just trying to get further and further into. And who I am as a comedian, which sounds like so fucking wanky. No, it makes sense. Like trying to get away from just, Oh, I'm a comedian. I tell jokes, be like, what does Chase Shanahan do as a comedian?
0: Right. Right. It's like also the, like improving with the goal of also kind of finding your identity in all of it. Cause there's
1: so many comedians and like comedians are great because jokes are so much fun and everybody can write a joke. Right. If you become really good at that, that's perfect. But what makes like, what makes the jokes I tell any different than everybody else at this open mic? And why am I doing it if it's not about me? You're doing, you're going to the same thing I am, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Straight white guys in comedy with oh, our yeah. silly takes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a thing where I'm
1: really into like weird comedians like Steve Martin or like Joe Para. Right. People right. that have kind of a different idea of what comedy is. Okay. And it's so hard trying to tap into like, okay, so if comedy isn't set a punchline, right. What do I have to
0: offer? Right. What right. What makes it different at all? Yeah. I think about that all the time. Cause like for me, A lot of really great comedy, in my opinion, comes from people who have perspectives that are very far outside my own. Yeah, of course. Like, also, it's like the time I started comedy, it's like, okay, it's like 2016, 2017, 2018 was like when it was really like, oh, we want comedy specials from women. We want comedy specials from gay people, from immigrants, people of color. We want comedy specials from, like, not just the established comedians, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, like... The humor of those things is really the contrast with, like, my life or yeah. our lives, you know? You're
1: learning something that's so outside of your own perspective.
0: Right. So, it's like, you're like, okay, one, I'm I'm hearing something that's entertaining me and making me laugh. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm actually learning something cultural or yeah. something about someone else that like, kind of creates a more human connection. Yeah, of course. For me, when I get on stage, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my silly bits. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to speak to who I am. Mm-hmm. And hopefully some of my bits give you a picture of what I'm like, but other than that, like, I think about identity all the time with stand-up, because it's, like, it's true, it's, like, what sets me apart? It's, like, there are people, like, in my demographic who I think are funnier than me who could just take my jokes and Mm -hmm. they would be just as funny, if not funnier, if they did them, you know? So it's like, where do I fit in all this? Like, a,
1: a lot of my favorite comedians, the, I guess if there's a theme around what I want to do, it's yeah. like, a lot
0: of my favorite comedians are
1: characters. Mm. Somebody like Anthony Jeselnik, somebody like Steve Martin, somebody like, uh, like Dan Licata or something. They've got a different thing that they're trying to do on stage. Mm. They're taking a certain part of their identity and, like, turning it up or down or something.
0: Gotcha. And
1: making that into their thing.
0: That really makes sense. See, like, my favorite is, like, dimitri martin and tignataro yes and i because i love that like like what makes them them is their weird-ass perspective on like how they observe things yeah
1: and they that's the thing they turn it up so much right that it's like oh that's how they look at the world
0: right and i think that's like what's so fun and fascinating and i don't think i'm at the point where i can write things that are in that voice yeah for me you've just you gotta know?
1: keep doing it and like just figure out how you say things
0: yeah i'm literally just like right now i like the best joke i've written this like the last two weeks is about how um like the kids who wore naruto headbands to high school had like more confidence than all of us you know so true. it's so true and uh <laughs> i wrote one about yesterday about how <laughs> lee loves the big bang theory uh-huh. and apparently in china people fucking love that show wow because it's like apparently very wholesome and like they just love the like just how it is it's crazy. and i was like you know what's crazy is we're being bested by a country of 1.4 billion people who laugh at those jokes yeah like
1: <laughs> i got a i got a spam call from mainland china today
0: really yeah i did not answer it yeah probably Should've. probably good call i don't Should've. know It'd be uh, maybe expensive to answer. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they still do that for international oh, yeah. calls. I'm
1: just so separated from it now. <laughs> just have a cell phone. How much does this cost? Again? Do I have to put an extra nickel in the charging port for this phone call? Is this toll free? Should be it should be a total. This house.
0: Part. It's like it's a fucking satellite. How expensive is it? <laughs> you got to go through it's the satellite. A, it's already to- up there. We're <laughs> not have to put the satellite back. All right, the cost was launching it. and I yeah. pay for launching it monthly. Don't charge me more. <laughs> it's That's just- our hot
1: take. Is, yeah. What's the deal with satellites?
0: <laughs> why, do, so I, why do I have to still pay for a phone, <laughs> dude? I've been okay. There's this bit I'm working on it right now. I don't know if it's going anywhere. If it should just be a sketch. But I'm doing an impression of Jerry Seinfeld going to the therapist, <laughs> and the bit is he goes, uh, "Today, or he, he does like the already I, a great Seinfeld." Yeah, I do. Uh, I do the comedians in cars uh, getting coffee kind of intro where he goes, "This is a beautifully preserved 1954 human male from Long Island, <laughs> a perfect vehicle for my guest today, my therapist." <laughs> and he goes there and it's like, "What's on your mind, Jerry?" And he goes. What's the deal with me? That's pretty cool. Has anybody noticed me? Well, I,
1: thought it'd be, I thought it'd be even funnier if it's just Jerry. If Jerry wasn't on stage, he would be bringing those things to like a therapist. Yeah. Like, what is the deal with Pop-Tarts? <laughs> okay.
0: See, I was like going really ex- existential. Like I told it on stage for the first yeah. time where it's like, he's like, everybody acts like they Or everybody has consciousness, but nobody acts like it. What's <laughs> going
1: on? Yeah, it's like, is just go like a step earlier. It's like yeah. Jerry is trying to understand taxicabs. Yeah, exactly. And he has to pay for somebody to help him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I, I love this idea. That's like Jerry. Like he's this like ob- this observational humor, but po- like applied to just like the fabric of his like reality, where he's like, <laughs> he is the car he's driving to the therapist, and he doesn't know what's going well, that on. Is with so it. deep
1: though. Yeah. Maybe he is the
0: car the entire
1: time. He's yeah. just trying to find himself. I
0: looked up his birthday so I could say this is a beautifully preserved 1954 human man. <laughs> what's, what's Jerry's uh, what's Jerry's sign?
1: I don't know. Oh, man.
0: I, I, I wonder if it's like uh, something straightforward because that would actually be pretty cool. Let's see. Jerry Seinfeld, birthday.
1: I feel like he's a summer guy.
0: April 29th. Oh, so is he a Taurus? I think that's a Taurus. Whoa. Um,
1: Let's see I do get big Taurus energy from this is this is your third podcast or your fourth podcast, which uh Taurus. The uh which um Zodiac signs are celebrities and you just have to guess.
0: Then <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole podcast. That's the premise. whole podcast, yeah. Just we sit down every episode and we're like, okay, name Tauruses, and we're like, uh, You have to find a
1: celebrity and like you go through all their things and you have to guess, and at the end of the podcast you reveal it.
0: That would be <laughs> I mean that's a lot of work. That's pretty niche. That's like a that's basically like a research podcast about like entertainment news, but yeah. with a birthday at the with end. with a
1: birthday at the end, <laughs> and you get you, there's a new cake every.
0: See, it's a birthday. What would be boring about that though is that like every celebrity you do, you'd find out, and then everyone on the show would be like, "Oh, that's so true." Yeah, you know? that's <laughs> just, the climax. Seen it. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh yeah!
1: <laughs> you get—that's crazy that you think that you'd guess correctly every time. Though.
0: <laughs> you just have like ten for ten. There's like—I feel—I feel like, yeah, no. There's no way. There's no way I could guess. Like I'd feel like I'd get ten percent of them right.
1: Yeah, I'm into zodiac signs. Whenever I'm depressed,
0: yeah, I'm like, I, maybe somebody
1: else should take care of this for a little bit. What are you? I'm a Taurus. Oh, you're a Taurus, May 11th.
0: Okay. I'm a Leo. Leo. I don't know what date. I only know Taurus. It, okay. You only know Taurus? Yeah. I don't really care about anybody else. <laughs> See, I like, I know all my like adjacent signs. Basically, yeah. like, I know it's like um, Gemini, then Cancer, then Leo, then Virgo, then Libra. See, I didn't, then you're Scorpio. just speaking Spanish to yeah. me now. See, cause I just, just speaking know Latin to me. I, I found myself in my life having like all of my friends were Virgos or Cancers. Huh. And it was like, what does, what? It just, it didn't make sense to me and so i got kind of into it and then so when i find out what people are it's like it's it's that dumb moment it's that boring podcast reveal it is always
1: like unless they're your sign it's it is less than like an oh yeah if they're your sign it's like oh Oh. but if they're not it's like
0: oh yeah cool (laughs) it's like oh i should have known okay
1: i I should have seen it the whole time should have
0: seen it the whole time it makes total sense yeah yeah all right, well, we are actually way over time here, but this has been a great episode. Overtime podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. This was Thanks awesome. man.
1: I'm having a good time here.
0: Yeah, everyone, go check out uh, Chase Shanahan. I'll put his uh, Instagram in the bio, and go to Cuba Libre Comedy, which is in be a go- great time. Gowanus on Fridays. At the Gowanus
1: Dredgers Boat Club. What a name. Or it's the Gowanus Dredgers Canoe Club, my bad.
0: <laughs> so it's go check it out. out. Go follow them on Instagram. Enjoy their flyers. Consume laughter. And uh, give them cheese. Yeah, please do. I love it when people bring, like, (laughs) food to the show. Hell yeah. All right, guys. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will catch you next week. Bye.